Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra-bright, and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first... Let me introduce the members of the Posse Girls. Get ready. Sit yourselves down. Fan yourself. Get some uh, wipes. Get some, wow, we get some Kleenex. Get squeegee lube. You know, you name it. Because he's here. Should I start over? Let me start over, Wani. Okay. You know, I got I don't I to build a kit yes. that can be a, a, a giveaway that has all those things all in those it. All those things in it? The, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wan Wan at your oh, door. The Wan Wan. Uh, okay. Let me try it again, okay? Let me try it again. <laughs> Whatever. Girls, case. get ready. Keep it clean. Sit yeah. <laughs> it's impossible now. Girls, get ready. <laughs> Sit down. Get your Kleenex. Get your fan. Get your big box of wipes. Your squeegee and your lube. Because the very famous Juan Juan is here. Hey, man. Hey, Mac. Hey, everybody. Hey, girls, especially. How's it going? It's great to be here as always. Great to be anywhere, as a matter of fact. And as you know, I live for this. Yes. Even though you're in England. I live for the show. You've been there almost a year, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um, I better stop and think about it. Yeah. yeah. End of May, I'll be here a year. No English accent yet. I, I thought that affectation would take over pretty soon. but No, everywhere yeah. I go, people say, so what part of America are you from? <laughs> Take a guess. You know? Okay. <laughs> Anyway, and I try not to enhance my stupid accent, but you know, it's like you should wear about it. And wear it like a badge of honor. I no? do, and it's, do it's kind of a novelty. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, well, once again, it's a novelty when they run into an American. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, you're the hurdy gritty, hurdy gritty man's it. monkey there. <laughs> Believe me, that's how they're looking at you. Anyway, speaking yeah. of monkeys, yeah. I don't know. Um, no cocoa tonight out somewhere. Saving the world, however, we have a little cocoa story after I introduce everyone else. Uh, our national correspondent is here, however. Switchblade Steve Ward down there in West Virginia. How are you doing there, Switchy? I am beyond wonderful, Mac. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You. Uh, he's wearing a vivid shirt, vivid colored shirt tonight. You okay? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa I have something on it. What's that, Bothwell Orioles? What? <laughs> what shiny, the f- shiny, shiny. <laughs> What's <laughs> Really? That's the uh, official Mothman shirt, the shiny hiney. It says uh, it's the second most famous crack next to the Liberty Bell. Oh, Mm -hmm. oh, you got a PR guy? What happened? You hire someone? Well, I I wear this when when I'm working at the museum. Really? uh, Yeah. We'll get a kick out of it. Okay. All right. If you ever come back up here, don't wear it, okay? 
please switch. <laughs> I wear it inside out. Okay, good idea. <laughs> it's not a turn. It's not a thing. At least backwards. Actually, talk about starting a thing is our uh, favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York. Raven is with us. Raven, how are you? Hello, my friends. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Hey, Raven. Hello. So listen, you ditched the... Uh, oh, hey, you got Aaron Rodgers now, huh? What do you think about that? Who's that? Is that? I was going to say. It's Roy, Roy Rogers' uh, son. I knew it. Uh, Is that a sports uh, person? Raven, yes. Raven you've ditched the uh, Jacob um, 10-year-old kid from Brooklyn look in your your back at your Winona Ryder look. Yeah, I, I washed my hair this morning. Oh, wait. So oh wow. It, okay. it makes it a lot easier um, to style when it's actually clean. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. say it's easier when it's dirty, but I, for me, it's what? like it has to be clean. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't um, will like skip washing their hair because it's not healthy to do it every day. So it's like I right. go like a couple days. But, you know, when you reach that like three-day mark, forget about styling it. It just looks like crap. So I washed it this morning. I had to do a little trim on my bangs, get bangs those little ends cleaned up, and uh, I'm all set. I should just report that Switch was writing furiously during my talk about the best hitters. Anyway, and also in the studio with us, in the house, is Uncle Al, the kitty's pal. Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic. Al. Hey, Mac. Hello, everyone. How you doing? I'm doing okay. Also the getaway driver tonight. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Keeping out of trouble, I guess. We're going to be talking about uh, just strange things that have happened to each of us, individual stories, you know, the weirder the better that we might come up with. And also joining us uh, a little uh, later will be uh, Paul Dale Roberts, who is a UFO researcher, disco king, and also married to a model. It's a trip. He's going to join us. Interesting guy. And who knows what else. And and also Switch has a... uh, Report now. <clears throat> so, you guys actually switch them going to you. You guys actually took this whole idea that the Mothman statue has a shiny rear end, and and you ran with it, as they say in the biz. Made t-shirts. Well, I, I, I did not create this. Okay. Um, uh, a young lady named Ashley Morrison, who is uh, Jeff Wansley's daughter. Jeff Wansley is the curator of the Mothman Museum. Go ahead. Uh, she runs Counterpoint Cooperative. Very creative lady. She's. Uh, added a lot to the museum yes but uh, she came up with these uh t-shirts that are selling like hotcakes everybody i, I actually was uh, wearing one a couple of weeks ago yeah. and somebody wanted to buy it right off my back i said <laughs> really? ain't no way i'm departing with my shiny hiney t-shirt pal so hey everyone has a price there switch well interesting yeah. huh. what do you want to pay uh, we we didn't talk money. I just okay. I just flatly, you know. I said, you know, I have I have standards. I have principles. <laughs> right. Good, good wow. for you. Okay, incredible. So listen, why don't we do this? Why don't we do? We do have a top ten list. Why don't we get it out of the way, and then we'll get on to more fun on the show. Raven, do you have the top ten list? I do. I have top ten reasons Mac should be king of the universe. Top ten reasons Mac. <laughs> Should be king of the universe. Okay, are you ready for this? All right. Okay, you get the bit. Here we go. Stop the music, please. Top ten reasons why Max should be king of the universe. All right, number ten. Queen Lois could finally publish her bestseller, Life with Mac. Is this thing on? And if not, when did it fall off? (laughs) (laughs) It's a thinking title. Number nine, please, Rick. 
Uh, King Mac would outlaw the use of the word football to describe soccer. And if those fancy Europeans don't like it, they can suck it. There you go. Okay. All right. Uh, forget that football is football, soccer is soccer. Max, please. That's right. I'll sign off on that. Uh, number eight. Um, he would close the Guantanamo Bay torture chambers and instead make the prisoners listen to Lonely Larry talk about where razor blades go when they die. <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, taped a, 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 a show of uh, Raven's Scary Movie Hour and Lonely Larry was the guest, all right? And he's supposed to be talking about horror movies. And he winds up giving this soliloquy for 10 <laughs> minutes about how in some houses in the medicine cabinet, you take the old razor blade and you put it through the slot. And he was wondering. And it would just fall into the wall. It just fall void. into, you know, I'm telling you, it was every color, every direction of that uh, basic story. So. Did he send you the link to the article? Because he sent me a link to a very lengthy article Does all it, about it. Wow. Okay. No, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll get to that sometime. All right. Number seven. Uh, those ten thousand dollars worth of parking tickets King Mac accumulated while in film school would finally bed down with the fishes. Sleep with the fishes, baby. Ten grand. I racked up ten grand <sighs> in parking fines. Did you really pay it? No. Just, so they're still looking for you. No, no, no. My, I mean, that, my that's a tough area to park. Yeah, though, my, mother would, my mother would. Uh, my mother. My mother. The old Dorchester, uh, you know, Jungle Vine uh, communications, right? Telegraphs. She, you know, knew someone whose son worked in the registry, and all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you can fill in the balance is zero. Yeah, and it's a good thing because I was moving back into the state, and they wouldn't give me my license unless I paid, you know, ten G's, and I wasn't, you know, enthused about that. Please. Raven, next. There's top 10 reasons why Mac should be king of the universe. Number six, Mac would finally get to arm wrestle Jesus. Okay, see what happens. Let's see what happens, okay? He has a very, he has a swimmer's body. Do you know what I mean? I think he has a lot yeah. of upper body strength. Well, he definitely has washboard abs. Does he really? So, uh, Jesus, yeah. Yeah, whoever whoever thought that guy up, uh, they knew what they were doing. Huh. And what about me? I guess they didn't. Okay, next. Maybe Jesus. Number will. five. Uh, as a favorite of Coco, King Mac would decree that all pigs and goats residing in Maine can get married. Oh, right. my God, that would be so cute. That would be cool. Be adorable. Do a little marriage yeah. and have a party. Yes. Pigs and goats. They wouldn't serve bacon, though, would they? Oh, oh well, already. <laughs> Dumping on. Okay, next, please, Ray. Number three. Uh, four, th th three? Four. 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 Uh, he would make it a crime, punishable by death, to put ketchup on a hot dog. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. You should be arrested. Yeah. That's. You know, I like ketchup, but I like good ketchup. Yeah. Well, not on hot dog. Mustard and relish. On a hot dog. Onions. I don't know. Maybe a chili. Not ketchup, baby. No. Next, please, Raven. Top ten reasons why Max should be king of the universe. Number three, taxes schmaxes. I like that one. Right. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Too bad club isn't here. He worked for the IRS. Next, please, Ray. Number two, um, he would lay his hand on Switchy's head and command the hair to grow back. 
Okay. I just saw anywhere. a single tear yeah. fall from Switchy's eye. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I shall grow, my son. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Luckily, I got my hand as it. And I think we're at number one, right? Or number one. The number one reason Mac should be king of the universe. No more cats. No. I mean, that's just We will overthrow you. No, 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 no. There's more of us than you, Blue. So, uh, wow, why don't no, we're, we... We're all cool for cats, and you're not. Well, that's uh, how so, it is there, baby. Um, we'll knock it off. Why don't we do this? Why don't we knock it off? Why don't we take a uh, break now, calm down, regroup, listen to a few reds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military South Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. Hawk Hunter, the wingman, has finally rid the world of its worst-ever supervillain, Victor Robotov. But in Mac Maloney's latest book, War of Dragons, we learn the maniacal terrorist ghost still haunts our battered, devastated planet. In War of Dragons, book 22 in Mac's best-selling wingman series, Hawk and his united American allies uncover Victor's bizarre plot from beyond the grave. The super terrorist hid six nuclear bombs around the Mediterranean before he died, knowing their detonation will empty out the Great Sea and cause a worldwide catastrophe. Guarding these weapons of mass destruction, he's left behind a family of ferocious air dragons, eternal aerial sentinels that will stop at nothing to protect their late master's unthinkable secrets. Sailing aboard their gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS USA, Hawk and the United Americans must battle their way across the Mediterranean, slaying these dragons in hopes of beating Victor's allies to the nuke's secret locations before time runs out. If not, then the world will face a very nasty, very watery Armageddon. It's Game of Thrones meets Top Gun in Wingman 22, War of Dragons by Mac Maloney. On sale now on Amazon. And hey, Wingman fans, listen to Mac's show to find out how you can win an autographed copy of Wingman 22, War of Dragons. And I just kept going on and on about myself. I'm taking a leak in the driveway. Says, I know you like to talk to total stranger. The story's got nothing to do with the Bruins game. It's what happened with Grandma. Well, I was wondering if those were sadomasochism straps or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress uh, from what I don't know. Get into the beautiful mind of Juan Juan only on the Mac Maloney Military X-Files show. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Milltracks. I'm show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. First, let me quickly introduce the members of the Posse Girls. The very famous one, one is here. Lonnie. Hello, everybody. Hello, girls. Welcome to the show. Hello, Mac. Have you, been, you been? Have you been back to your social club since you were initiated or inducted or induced? No, I haven't. You haven't? <laughs> wow. Well, you're a Johnny come lately. You're, I don't know why. I know. What a, what a kill joy. I know. Yeah. Ever since I've been initiated, I haven't been there, but. Wow. Uh, wow. 
You know what Groucho and Max I can said? Walk, and I can walk there. I can stagger back from stagger the Stagger homes. It's in staggering distance. Uh, you don't know what you're missing. But, you know, Groucho yeah. Max said, uh, I don't want to be a member of a club that will admit me. Exactly. Is that? Was that the quote? Anyway. No Coco tonight. Yeah, I don't want to be a member of the club that would admit me as a member. Yeah. yeah. No Coco tonight, however. Uh, I came home from a short vacation, Lois and I, the other day, and at my door was a care package from CC. And it was a Top Gun hat, Top Gun Maverick hat, okay, and also a fifth of peanut butter whiskey. Okay. What? Everyone's, half the people here are vomiting. Really, peanut that sounds butter, delicious. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Was it peanut butter <laughs> vodka or peanut butter what? Peanut butter whiskey. Screwball whiskey. whiskey. Really? Yeah, so. Oh, that's different. Yeah, I know. So anyway, I, I sampled it, and I had it right back to him. I said, you know, it wasn't as awful as, as I thought it was going to be. And then it turns out that down the coma, the nearby coma, they actually have a drink down there where they use peanut butter whiskey and some kind of carousel or something that tastes like jelly. That's a peanut butter and jelly drink, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, not that good. Anyway, that's my adventure with Coco's peanut butter whiskey. But it's good. It's not bad. Let me put it that one. Um, speaking of peanut butter, is our national correspondent down there in peanut butter, West Virginia. Switchblade Steve Vaughn. Switchy. Great to be here, Mac. Maybe I should say shiny, hiney, West Virginia. Would you not pout? That's fine. That? Okay, What's going on down there, should I ask? Um, weather's getting a little bit better. Wow. Um, hmm. You know, nothing terribly exciting. Okay, sounds it. Okay, good. I, 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 should I ask how the cats are? I mean, I'm trying to engage you in conversation here. Switch. Uh, I, I'm writing a piece on the Mothman for okay. a friend who's going to publish it in a, in a booklet. Uh-huh. And how are the cats involved in that? Are they helping you write it? The, the cat, yeah, cats are not involved, but I know you're not uh, too enamored with cats, so I thought I'd change the subject. I opened the door there for you, Also with us is our uh, favorite good witch up there in Sideways New York. Raven is with us, Raven. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Hello, did, Raven. Did you, cut your Hello. Own, did you cut your own bangs or did you have someone named uh, Francois do it? Oh, no, I just cut them myself. Really? That's why yeah? they don't look good. <laughs> no, I think they look very uh, neo-share looking. Sure. I'll yeah. take that. Really? Yeah. You know how dumb she was, though. It doesn't bother you that she was dumb. Is dumb. Share? What? She Cher thought was dumb? What do you mean? She thought no, Mount Rushmore. Cher is a goddess. She thought Mount Rushmore yeah. was a natural formation. She thought Mount Rushmore. I mean, we all make mistakes. That's true. Okay. You know. Let's move on then. In <laughs> that case, friggin' share. Yeah. yeah. Also, in the studio with us wow. is uh, Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic. Al. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. Okay. Everything good with you? I. It's going all right. I'm. You know, every day above ground's a good day. You know? Okay. He has uh, Pistol Pete's putting green on the uh, on the desk here. <laughs> and he's, got, and he's, he's got his beer in the in the in the looks like the seventeenth hole there. What's going on? Well, that, it just happened to be a uh, oh, coaster that was sitting on the table. I'm using the putting green to keep down me, the sound. The sound of me banging around over here. Okay. So Dang. this Dang. is the only thing I couldn't find a towel, so I went out and I filched. 
Pete's putting green off his, yes, right, his golf yeah. thing up there. Well, I hope he's not looking for it. We'll put some music behind that album tomorrow. Also joining us, very special guest, Paul Dale Roberts out there in California. Please, let's clap for him because, you know, yeah. he will pop. Thank you, Thank you. He will pop. <laughs> How are you? And I, I and I got a message for Stephen. I got a message for Raven. Go, please. Okay, Stephen, if you're writing something about Mothman, Google Sacramento Mothman. Sacramento Mothman. Okay, okay. it's cousin. You'll find some. You'll you'll find some good information there. Wow. Okay, and what's it called again? Uh, just Google Sacramento Mothman. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Is okay. And then um, for Raven. I met Cher in 1979 at Harris Tahoe. Um, I was dancing with uh, Jeff Kutash's Dancing Machine, and we were the first number for Cher. And so mm-hmm. I met Cher, and I just shook her hand and said, "Hello, oh, how you doing?" Wow, and really? Like that. So yeah. What'd she yeah, say to you? Awesome. Yeah, and yeah. she was just going solo. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Huh? No sunny, sunny free. Okay, well, I'm sure she's a nice person. She's born, we share a birthday, which is kind of odd. But uh, anyway, she's been around for a long time. She started, oh, yeah, for a she, long time. She started on the what record. What was her first solo record? Was it uh, uh, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves? Or was it something? Yes, I'm going to say that. That's probably it. Yeah, yeah she was big. She was big when she, uh, with Sonny and then also uh, without him. And, and they started with the wrecking crew of all connections. Yeah. They were in the Wrecking Crew, which was this uh, big uh, conglomeration of session musicians that recorded a lot of the music in the 60s and the 70s that not a whole lot of people knew. So anyway, Paul, we have to get this out of the way, okay? Now, every time you're on, we have to mention that at one point you were the disco king of Sacramento. Right. Disco king of Sacramento. 205 hours, eight and a half days, five minute breaks on every hour. If I, uh, during that five minute break, um, if I had to use the restroom, I had to do it during that five minutes. And then I had witnesses who came with me to watch me utilize the restroom. Wow, huh? Yeah. Are you sure that wasn't included in the contract? Like just weirdos happen to be around. So listen, <laughs> you never know. But but how did you eat? Did you eat anything? Did you eat anything? Did you were you fed? Were you fed? What's that? Were you fed? Did you eat any food in those eight days? Oh, you yeah, must yeah. have. I ate while dancing. So <laughs> all these different re- restaurants they represented the. 205 hour disco marathon. Okay. And so they would bring me food. And I would eat <laughs> on the dance floor. And then also, too, if I felt like I was ready to fall out, yes. they had this huge German woman and she would slow dance with me and keep me from falling. R- wow. And then okay. At some point in time, I would go, okay, you can let me go now. Hell and no. I would just be revitalized and ready to dance again. Wow. Maybe that's the secret. Just have a large German woman in your life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, is that it? Oh my god. Wow, huh? So so so, what was the record again, Paul? Uh eight well, I danced eight and a half days, two hundred and five hours. In fact, if you Google disco Wikipedia, 
and you go into the dancing section of it, they mention me. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Huh. So, yeah. so yeah. all right. Two two questions. Then we'll we'll move on. Did you train for this? Do you know what I mean? You must have trained for it, right? Well, I was going out to nightclubs all the time, and I would dance all night. Yep. I would go to after hours and dance till four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And so one day, this one DJ, he goes, "God, you got so much energy. Everybody's falling out. And yes. You're still going." Okay. And he goes, "You know what? Once you start doing something for the Guinness Book of World Records, okay, and try to gain a record." Yes. Disco dancing. So my very first one was for 72 hours, which is about three and a half days. So I did that one. Okay. And I was the first one to attempt the disco dance record. And so you had all these paparazzi that was actually there, even from places as far away as Germany, <laughs> take my photo after I got 72 hours. But Guinness Book of World Records said, you know, you didn't make the world's record. I go, what? I said, I was the first one to do it. And mm -hmm. then they said, yeah, but you took too long a break. You took 15 minutes. Oh, breaks, come on. What the freaking Guinness? Five minute breaks. Oh, so right. I Watch go, oh, shit. shoot. Damn. So then some guy did 185 hours. And so the newspaper people, they came up to me and they said, well, are you going to beat this guy who did 185 hours? And I said, yeah, I'll do 205. And so there it goes. And it breaks properly, five minute breaks on every hour. Yep. Now, listen, I got to ask this question delicately, okay? This is the 70s, this is the disco era. I know a lot of people who used to dance all night too. And then they'd come into work for eight hours and they'd go out and dance for another 12 hours because they had a buddy with them. Do you know the buddy I'm talking about? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Any of that involved? Or is that, are we are we gonna be no, squeaky no, clean no. here? Okay, all right. That's all right. That's your story. Uh, and and also Stick too, to it. it was funny that you mentioned that because I would be out dance until four o'clock in the morning. Yes. And then I would sneak into work mm -hmm. and this was a government job and go right into the files and my supervisor would look at me and she goes, What time did you get here? I go, I got here at the regular time, 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, where were you? I said, in the files. And <laughs> so she, she wow. believed it for a while. Wow. So. I was security in his hands. Good. <laughs> so anyway, so so now you've, how long, you're, you're a UFO researcher. I know that you write a lot. You also go on field trips and stuff like that. But how, did you get into it because you saw... I mean, the story that always fascinates us that you tell us is that while you were working for the government, you were privy to some very top secret photographs taken in orbit and it really looked like there was stuff flying around up there that just, you know, wasn't ours, would you say? Oh, exactly. Um, the six photographs that came in, one was uh, a globe shape. The other one was a disc shape. One looked kind of like ball lightning. Uh, one cigar shape, one triangle, and one cube. So these six photographs came in, and on the back of them, it said intelligent movement. But that's not what got me into the UFOs. In 1974, in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, I, I was with two other soldiers. 
and we were in the town of Columbia and we looked up in the sky and we saw six UFOs disc-shaped glowing blue in the sky in formation like a, a V-shape formation mm-hmm. and then scatter in all different directions mm-hmm. uh, erratic type behavior just things that our conventional aircraft can't do mm-hmm. and one of the soldiers looks at me and goes geese i go geese what are you talking about those are disc shaped they're glowing blue that's not geese geese yes yeah and so we were going to go back to the base and make a report about it but then we all chickened out mm-hmm. okay so 1976, I had a three-year break before going back into the military again. Okay. So in 1976, I'm back in Sacramento, ready to be the disco king. And um, I was living with a woman named Helen Lane. And Helen Lane, Helen. at some point in time, she comes into the apartment. She's screaming. She's in, She's hysterically shaking yes. and everything else. And I go, what's going on? She goes, there was a UFO above me 200 feet above my head. Mm. I go, B, that's a bunch of BS. Mm. I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I said, just because I told you my 1974 UFO story, I don't believe that this actually happened. Okay. I said, if it actually happened, let's go to the Sacramento Sheriff uh, Office and make a report. Okay. So she went with me yes. and made a report. Yes. And they gave us an 800 number to the Center of UFO Studies, which J. Allen Hynek. Oh, okay. Was, yes. Right. Yeah, was the actual guy, uh, group leader of this right. organization. Very famous guy in UFO law. Yeah. So about two weeks later, J. Allen Hynek actually calls me wow. and he goes, I need to speak to Helen Lang. And I said, you know, this is funny that you would ask that, but I said, she's, she's gone. She, we broke up. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? But okay, that's another show, but go ahead, please. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, you guys broke up. I go, yeah. He goes, you got any way of getting in touch with her? I said, no, I, I don't. <laughs> so he goes, do you know how what the UFO looked like? I said, I just so happened had Helen draw me a picture of the UFO. He goes, mm-hmm. can you send that to me? I go, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So before I knew it, because I sent this picture, Dr. J. Allen Hynek was in, in communication with Sacramento Bee, which is a newspaper. Yes. And I found out Two other people in two different areas on the same night in Sacramento saw the very same UFO that Helen Lang saw. Really? So I knew that Helen Lang wasn't lying. Wow. She now listen. actually telling the truth because is this... here we got three people yes. in three different areas of Sacramento that saw the same listen, UFO. Did, did they break up with their girlfriends too? So listen, did you break up with her because... Of this, no, no, Are you no, sure? No. It'd be a better story if you did. No, no. Why There's didn't you no, believe her? Why didn't you so believe her? Why didn't you believe her though? Why didn't you believe her? <laughs> Man. Oh, okay. um, so anyway, and That's then no so yes. okay. So with this UFO experience yes. that I had in the one in 1974. Yes. As some, 
I was actually sitting in a movie theater watching James Bond. Oh, okay. And I, and I and I started thinking. I said, I wonder what those military intelligence guys did, did do. And and I remember seeing some of them because 1973 to 1976, I was an MP military policeman. In okay. fact, I got a picture in one of my books. Oh my goodness. It looks like G.I. Oh, Joe for, your yeah. girl, for all your girls out there. He's going home and squared away. Look at him. <laughs> I was an MP working for the drug suppression team, CID criminal investigation. Wow, huh? From 73 to 76. Mm-hmm. Wow. So when I got out for three years doing the disco thing, and then I, and disco died in 1979. Okay. So I went back to the Army recruiter after watching James Bond. And I asked the army recruiter, I go, what is it the military intelligence guys do? And he just made it sound like James Bond. Yes. I said, oh, man, this is what I want to get into. Mm-hmm. So before I knew it, I was signing on the dotted line in 1979. I'm back in the army again, Fort Huachuca, Arizona, mm-hmm. and going to military intelligence school as an intelligence analyst, 97 Bravo. Wow. What the yeah. hell? And then strange turnaround. Then I was sent to the Photo Interpretation Center in Korea. Yes. And that's where I saw the six photographs Mm -hmm. that had intelligent movement on the back of it. And was six photographs which represent videos of various UFOs taken by our reconnaissance satellites and reconnaissance aircraft. Yeah, yeah. And I I would pick up the hot rolls for the image interpreters from Osan Air Force Base. Hmm. So, so okay. Was all that stuff classified at the time, or what? It probably uh, yeah. Well, still I had is. A top secret SBI clearance, uh, special background investigation type clearance, which mm-hmm. takes about six months to get. Right. And everything that I'm telling you, oh yeah, it was definitely classified. Yeah. But I've written articles about it. Never been arrested for it. it that's interesting. Like that. Yep. Um, because I feel that if they did do something like that, then it would show that. What I'm saying is true. Yeah. Did you have to sign anything like a non-disclosure oh, yeah, agreement absolutely. and all that stuff? Yeah. Because yeah. we used to do that. We used, we haven't talked about this in a while, but it's something we should probably try to revive. And this is it. We would hear a lot, especially on the old show, from veterans who said they saw something, but they were told by higher ups, "Don't say anything about this, or you're gonna you know lose your pension, you're gonna lose your grade, you're gonna do this and this," you know. Mm-hmm. And so the right. idea would be, well, if that's the case. Give all these guys amnesty, okay? Don't let them be worried about – I don't think they could take your pension away from you anyway, but I guess they can do anything. And let them go and talk about what they saw. You'd have thousands and thousands of like eyewitness stories about UFOs over battlefields and stuff like that, you know? Um, I'd also like to find if there's one person in this country, one veteran in this country who has had his pension taken away from him – because of reporting UFO now. I'll tell you real, real quick. I remember my family was in the Air Force in the mid-60s, Vietnam era, saw a UFO late at night while fixing an airplane, he and four other people, got to the point where they actually got underneath the plane for cover. This thing came down on them, saw the lights, looked like a disc, took off. They made the mistake of reporting it. And they put them in these, uh, they separated them, put them in these different rooms, and just had this guy who knew what he was from, and just come in and ask them the same questions. 
over and over and over. Same questions. They were fed. You know, they weren't prisoners. But and after three days, you know, my relative and the other people finally caught on and said, you know, we can't take this. The monotony is killing us. We'll sign anything you want. And they did. And they signed. They said that they saw a reentry rocket from Cape Canaveral. They were in South Carolina at the time. But what? it wasn't that, you know, but it wasn't that. Um, so, but he was, they were basically told, this is it. You know, we don't want to hear any more about this. Get back to work, blah, blah, blah. But I just think that'd be great. Nice. I don't think, I don't know how you do that. Give, you know, amnesty to all these people who feel threatened, but it'd be cool if it happened. And it's amazing on all the UFO information that's coming out. And they took, I think they took a, a, a video of a UFO flying over Ukraine. Yes. So, yeah, it's just so much UFO news and, and, now. It's yeah, lately, in the past two years. Now, Al, you sent me this thing. What was that? What was that? What was that story about? Do you remember? I, I sent you a link about a, uh, a sighting over, what the, I guess they call it an active military zone. And where in Ukraine? This, there was one in the Middle East, and I think this, there was one in the Ukraine. Oh, okay. Sudan. 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 Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's so, not that good. They so just had a big uprising what, there. What they said was, um, you know, it was a U.S. drone that actually caught the the image really mm -hmm. and it was trying to stay up with it and it was trying to keep it in range of its right. cameras but it was having a hard time right and uh they said it you know they, they came out the pentagon came out and said yeah it happened and we don't know what it is i mean they made very small yeah. you know inroads into it but they said uh yeah here it is here's the, here's the image take a look at it but we don't know what it was and we're not gonna See, things, Specify. things have changed so much in the past, just really in the past three or four years, since the whole Tic Tac thing happened and the government finally came out and said, you know what, we don't know what these things are. You know, we just don't know what they are, but we're going to study them. And now they're studying the hell out of them. They don't come with any reports or anything like that. But I agree with you, Paul. You see much more UFO footage, stories, everything. And before, you'd barely see one maybe in a month. Now, there's two or three every day. So, Well, they said they're actually, uh, at this point, they're studying over 650 different, singular, you know, different events. Mm -hmm. And this particular one was played to the Senate Committee on Armed Services. Yes, yeah, you know, yeah. As a, you know, to say, this is what's going on. And the things, they said it moved fast. It moved in predictable you know, ways. But they have no idea what it is, and they're not going to venture a guess. Right. But they're all of a sudden, at least admitting it was seen. Right. So they're, I guess it's like the second time in 50 years that they've actually brought forth something like this to the you know, well, at least Senate not committee. Saying, at least they're not saying it's Venus. You know what I mean? At least they're not saying it's or swamp, swamp gas. gas. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of swamp gas, why don't we take a commercial break now? Paul, you're going to hang with us, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Young? Let me ask this question. Yeah, and remind me to tell you okay. about John Vasquez. Jo okay. Fort Benning, Georgia. Okay. All right. Now and, let and me. Also, Paul has uh, contributed to a uh, book called Mimics, yes. published by Tim Swartz. Okay. Some oh, good stuff you. in there. Thank you My for pleasure. the mention, Stephen. No, wait yeah. a second, though. But but we're, we're we're missing the top line in his resume. He's also married to a model. Paul, correct? Yes or no? You're married to a model. <laughs> Just say yes and no. 
Yes. Wow. He sent me her picture. Did you know that? Did you that just do that in a moment of delirium? You know, you sent me her picture. <laughs> <laughs> and she refuses to come on the show, though, correct? Uh, it, it, she does her own shows. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's so many drugs no, in no, there. No, right? no. Yeah, no, okay. Jewelry, psych, uh, tarot card readings, okay. psychic readings, and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. All right. Would she she... definitely come on the show yeah, then. Yeah, could. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't right have in. to have her camera on. If you, if you let her talk to Raven, she'd come on. Right. We'd all have to shut up. All right. So why don't we do this, which is not a bad idea sometimes. Why don't we do this? Why don't we take a that commercial break now? And uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. My dad, he's a double amputee, and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. All of our troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything. Homes for Our Troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. So until you hear us next time, this is Mac Maloney for the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy, and... Bye-bye. Okay, the show's over. Hey, Cobra, where are we going to eat tonight? Well, gentlemen... What do you feel like? Chinese, Italian, sushi? How about we go where they have the best hamburger in the world? And where would that be, one one? Only the Starboard Galley. Starboard Galley? They're a great seafood place, but they're in Newburyport, and we're in Exeter. But they're only 20 minutes away down Route 95, and believe me, they have the best hamburger in the world. Let's go! Okay, boys, license and registration. Where's the fire, you clowns going to the circus? We're in a hurry just to get the best hamburger in the world. And where's that, Pally? That's the Starboard Galley in Newburg. A great seafood place? Yes, but they make a great hamburger, too. And they start with the best beef. Super fresh buns. Great toppings. Plus, it's only 20 minutes away from Exeter, 25 from Portsmouth. Not with a police escort, buddy. Light them up, Switchblade. Starboard Galley. They're here. That's the Starboard Galley, 55 Water Street, Newburyport. Great seafood and the best hamburger in the world. And tell them Juan Juan sent you. Everyone to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight, girls! The very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Oh. Welcome back to the show. It's been fun so far. Also, so far we still got a way to go. Uh, also, uh, Switchblade Steve Ward, national correspondent down there in uh, West Virginia, south of the border. Switching. Great, great to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, our favorite good witch Raven is with us. Raven. 
Oh my gosh, hello. Looking very, very Winona Ryder tonight. She a, is. A young Winona Ryder, I should say. Yeah. She could be a stand-in for Winona. Yes. About 30 years ago, maybe. Also. Can you do that you dance know, from Beetlejuice? You know, with, I have. With, <laughs> with really uh, Harry Belafonte in the background? That. Yeah, he died. Harry, Harry Belafonte died today. He was uh, quite yeah. a guy. Yeah. Yep. Today? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. 96 no years old. 96. Yeah. Read his story, oh. man. His story is unbelievable. Believe me. What that guy went through oh, wow. to become a celebrity. Anyway, yeah. uh, also with us is uh, Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic, in the house. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. Also, the getaway. Go out. And um, joining us from way out there in California is the disco king himself, Paul Dale Roberts. How you doing? PDR. All right. Everything okay? We're in California, are you? North or south? Yes, north, Sacramento. Oh, Sacramento, that's right. Sacramento. Yeah, it's a hot day today. Really, yeah? Huh. Wow. Do the fires come near you at all, the fires? Oh, luckily I'm in the urban part of it. Okay. So wildfires. But I used to work for the California Division of Forestry. Yes. And I used to have to fight those fires. And and I almost got burned, (laughs) and I quit right I got to tell you this story. Go ahead, quick. please. Okay. Yes. So with California Division of Forestry, I was only a firefighter for about a year. Okay. And then we were fighting this big fire in the Sierras, and it looked like a freaking nuclear bomb hit the place. I mean, it was like a big mushroom cloud. It was huge. And my captain, who looked like a young Robert Redford, he told me to go in there and get the spot fire they call it a spot fire it's a small fire so i'm over there trying to put the spot fire out with the hose and then i look behind me and there's flames 20 feet high and i could feel my skin like the heat was on my skin and my hair was Mm. you could smell it because it was crackling yes yes And and the captain was yelling at me he goes Robbers, get in the blah, 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 fire. And get in the roots of the fire. And I'm over there trying to do the best I can. Finally, I wasn't going to have it because I felt like my life was in danger. Mm -hmm. I threw down the hose. The hose went all over the place. I went up upon the fire truck, folded my arms. And the captain goes, Robbers, get off the freaking truck. Mm -hmm. And I said, F. You, I quit. Well, and huh. pointed my finger, and that was the only government job that I actually quit because mm-hmm. I wasn't—I wasn't going to lose my life over. It. And then this guy looked like a young Robert Redford. So five years later, I went back to see the firefighters I used to work with. Yes, and I saw him, and he had a burn mark oh. on his face. Really? Yeah, that uh, did it. I'm not going for that. Goodbye so, to the yeah. Robert Redford looks. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Why Those don't guys are heroes? Yeah, that ain't for me. Mm-hmm. No. I don't understand. I know, I know that it's climate change and all that stuff, but it just seems like these fires catch them, them. You know, the California, you know, Department of Forestry. I, I, they always catch them by surprise. You know what I mean? They're like out of control before anyone even knows where they are. They don't. It seems like there's things you can do defensively to prevent some of these fires, but 
Or am yeah, I wrong? Am um, I a Pollyanna? You can not have a, a completely selfish and dangerous gender reveal party. Mm, that's like that's number true. one on the list, <laughs> in mm-hmm. my opinion. Uh, that's just me. <laughs> but why, don't they, why don't you surround your house with a moat? You know what Someone I mean? Someone did I mean, that. Did they? Does it work? It, it or does was, it get um, so hot? No, no, no. That- they left their sprinklers on. Mm-hmm. And it saved their entire property. Really? Yeah. Huh? And like everyone else, like in the vicinity, I don't remember where in California, but it was when they got really, really, really bad. Right. Mm-hmm. And they just left their sprinklers on and their, their home, their yard was spared. Yeah. Because a lot of times the sparks, you know, fall on your roof and that's what catch on fire. If your, if your roof is wet, you know, it might not happen. But anyway, so. Um, I got a question for Paul. Real go ahead, quick. please. Uh, that painting behind you on the wall. It almost looks like uh, the brothers Hildebrand created that with the, the giant mushrooms or whatever it is. Oh, what? Fancy, what? Uh... Yeah, somebody gave me that. Uh, yeah, so I don't know the uh, story. Oh, okay. Not an undercover cop, is it? And there's a camera behind it? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but listen, speaking of that, let's go to Switchy and ask him. This is the skew of the show, the most favorite part of the show um, for our regular listeners. Switch, what did you have for breakfast this morning? When I woke up this morning, I knew that I was going to go to McDonald's and get a steak, egg, and cheese bagel. (laughs) Okay. Mm, That sounds good. Mm. It was good. Was it really? Yeah. Was it kosher? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Anything from McDonald's. Yikes. There was a moment of silence there. Yeah, so uh, let's say that it's, it's a bagel, and what's on it? A piece of steak, steak uh, an egg. egg, and cheese. Gee, yeah, well. I mean, it's not hmm. like real steak, though. Yeah. They, they discontinued them for, for a couple of years, and uh, I'm glad they came back. Yeah, right, right. And that's it? Any fries or anything? Hash browns? Anything crazy? I did, I did get a hash brown. I usually don't do that. Yeah. But, uh, okay. I was pretty hungry, so. Yeah, okay. Ketchup on the hash brown? No, no, I should have done that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that you can do. You should have done that. Yeah, you, you got to, you know, they're, they're not easy to choke down sometimes, if you know what I mean. Well, okay, we but, do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, once I mean, they're again, not like McDonald's is really big browns. in the UK. You, you go to, to Bob Evans, yes, and you, you, know, you get eggs, hash browns. Oh, that that's good stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Know. They're a little different from, I, you know, it's funny because I had the first Big Mac in about easily 20 years the other day, just out of the blow. <laughs> Had the kind of what the kids call the munchies. And I can see why people eat that stuff all the time. You know what I mean? It it's it's full of flavor. It's soft. It's something about it. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, it fills yeah. you up. It just isn't that good for you to eat all the time. But you know, I mean you know, flavorful and, you know, comfort food. I bet you it's pretty tasty after two decades. Yeah, I'll tell you, you know what it is? And the, they also reduced in size by about a third. I opened up the Definitely. box and I go, what, what, what's the size of the pickle? You know what I mean? Anyway. Yeah. So, Paul. That's so, a shrinkflation for you. Shrinkflation. Shrinkflation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Who made that yeah. up? Uh, so, Paul, what have you been doing lately? What's going on lately with you? Um, I've been reviewing books. In fact, they just sent me uh, this book here. Okay. So oh, Nick Redfern. Nick Redfern. Okay, yep. And uh, uh, we've been doing, um, I've been doing a lot of paranormal investigations, but I've been getting calls from out of state. Mm-hmm. So I've been helping them over the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we investigated uh, five 
local bars are supposed to be haunted. Cool. So we did that. Yes. And, and I think it was three out of five that were haunted. We found some evidence. The other two, we didn't find evidence. Like what? Give us, give us the best evidence you found. What did you find? What freaked you out? I, well, to me, good evidence is electronic voice phenomena. If you get a good EVP, mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. I don't go for all the the radio static stuff, the spirit box and all that stuff. Okay. I mean, people just start making up their own words. I, I just don't go for all that. Okay. If you get something that's very distinct on your recorder and there's nobody around to do that, yep. that's good. That's good, solid evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in, in, so what do you hear? Do you, hear, do you actually hear people talking or... What do you have? Yeah, I, I do what is called a quick and dirty EVP session. Okay. So I'll say something. Is there anyone here? I <laughs> pause, give it time to talk, and sometimes. Well, let me tell you a story real quick. Please don't. Okay? I went to the cemetery, and it's supposed to be really haunted. So I went back to my car. I had the windows rolled up, and I did one of those quick and dirty EVP sessions. I said, "Is there anyone here?" And I pause, give it time to talk. I play it back, and it says, oh, "I hear." And it was coming from like the back seat of my car. It was like, "Wow, <laughs> wow!" Nobody okay. else could. Nobody else said that. I didn't say it. Mm-hmm. You know. So to me, that is good. Stuff. That is cool. Like I did. Wow, huh? Really? I mean, that that would freak me out yeah. if something like that happened to me. What would happen, Mac, if that happened to you? I'd sell the car for one thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, stuff like that would just—I know some people kind of let it roll off their back, but it would, it would affect me a lot, you know. So, I wonder if stuff—I mean, could cars be haunted? Why not? Right? They're haunted ships. Sure. They're haunted houses. Well, I mean, yeah. Look at look at Christine. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah, and that's exactly how I met my wife. That was one of the uh, things that. She contacted me because her vehicle was haunted. Okay, hang and on now. Wow, this is this is a great pickup story. Go ahead. Start at the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> and we actually got solid evidence because it was like her ex-boyfriend that was haunting the car. Mm. And and it that story went uh, made na- uh, actually, actually went international. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pres Hilton uh, uh, mentioned it. Uh, Chelsea lately really? uh, had it on TV. The Daily Mail had it, mm. and UPI United Press International had it. And, and, so, and, and yeah, it was like what kind of a car was it? And, and he was dead, obviously. The ex-boyfriend is. Yeah. And how? And, and, and what? What was? Uh, what would the car do? Do you remember what? To show its hauntingness. Yeah, it, 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 he, like she would be driving, and he would be bothering her while she was driving and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I actually got an EVP from that vehicle, mm-hmm. and I don't, and I don't know why it made such big news, but it did. It went international. And this is how you mm-hmm. met your wife. Yeah, your model wife. Yes, yes. Wow, what the? Yeah, this, yeah okay. It's so bizarre. <laughs> there she is. Oh, oh, oh. Jeez. Wow, huh? And she refuses wait, to come wait. on the show. Wait, he's going to go get her. Hang on. No, okay. Oh, I don't know. Well, well I, I, audience, if I can describe that to you. Okay. 
Very attractive woman, as it and, turns out. And she sat on the lap of Baphomet, too, over at the table. <laughs> yeah. Of who? Are, yeah, those, I, uh, are those cards collectibles like collect all 20? <laughs> <laughs> if you write to Paul, it's in the self-addressed stand envelope. But you know she writes her own books, too. Sure, so. yeah. Oh, right, yeah. yeah, plug a couple. I mean, her book. Okay. I'm sure they had lots of photographs in the the jacket. <laughs> yeah, I do that with pictures too of ladies, but they're the ones I got out of the frames from uh, Walt, no, Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, anyway, I can't find any right now. But, All right. Well, when you dig one up, but, yeah, all of a sudden, when, when you find you it. it let, yes, send me send me it. I'll put it on our uh, Instagram. Okay. And, well, and what name do they? What name will they put? Uh, type into Amazon if they want to find her book. Okay. Well, wish wish fire. Uh, those are two words. Wish wish fire books or Deanna Jackson Stinson books. Wish fire books. Got it. Yeah. Or, or Deanna Jackson Stinson books. Okay. All right. Awesome. That's great stuff. So, Paul, she you know. She has like 83 books out there. 83. Wow. 83. 83. She writes metaphysical, spiritual, paranormal hmm. poems. Wow. Hmm. That's awesome. Fashion, fashion. Fashion. Wow. In fact, yeah, she was uh, actually involved on her IMDP. She was involved with some type of TV show. Uh, Killer Wives or something like that. Yes, I love Killer yeah. Wives. I love that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was involved with the, the fashion. Wow. Well, oh, that's great. So How she's would listed she... in the Internet Movie Database. Yes, yes. How would cool. she be, uh, you know, taking someone, you know how they go before and after on these shows, you know what I mean? They'll take someone and then they'll clean them up and they can't believe it's the same person. I need help. I'm asking for myself here. I think she could. <laughs> <laughs> you need a makeover, right? I, I need a makeover. Exactly what I want. I really do yeah. need a makeover, as it turns out. But so, what, what, Paul? Listen, I want to ask you something. Now, you've led an interesting life, and we're going to just talk about it among the troops here tonight. You know, I, I know that you've investigated a lot of paranormal, a lot of UFO stuff. You've seen evidence and so on. But what is the strangest thing that's ever happened to you in your life? It doesn't have to be paranormal. Just Odd, like we were talking earlier about, um, you know, we got this new uh, washing machine, and after a while, the repair guy had to come out and look at it, and it turns out that there's a filter at the bottom of this particular washing machine that it looks like a little colander where the water drains through before it goes literally out the drain, and on the other side of it is a quarter, and there's no way the quarter made it through the screen mesh to get on that other side, right? But it did. And, and, and a couple other stories. So something like that. What is what has happened to you that really kind of bugged you? I got a good story for you, man. Okay, go ahead. Get right story. to the microphone. Well, first there, off, I want you to see how to spell her name. So if you're looking at on Google. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, someone got that? Hold, okay. hold it there for yes. Deanna Jackson. This is a lot of... D-A-X-C-I-N-E. Uh, let's, let's spell it for the listeners. Uh, D-E-A-N-N-A. J A X I N E S T I N S O N. Got it. 
Now, Paul, listen, I'm going to just uh, get a little tough love here. This is a lot of promo for a woman who won't come on our show, right? <laughs> <laughs> she, does, she does well on her own. She does well on her oh, own. Okay. All right. And I guess so. We will have to, too. All right. So tell us your story. Get right up to that microphone. Tell us your story. Here we go. Okay. I got contacted by John Basquez. And he took his military training at Fort Benning, Georgia. Mm -hmm. He wrote a book called Incident at Fort Benning. Okay. And what happened, he said back in the 70s, that UFOs were actually around these military bases on the East Coast, and which is... My incident, 1974, I saw the UFOs at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So these UFOs were over at Fort Benning. They sent some planes up there to counteract whatever they were doing. And before you knew it, there was some kind of skirmish between the military and the UFOs at Fort Benning, Georgia. And he said that... These soldiers were like in formation, and everyone passed out. Mm. And, and when they woke up, they were all inside Uf a, a mothership UFO, and things were being done to them. Oh, okay, yes. So, well, John Vasquez remembered the whole event. And, and then he came out with his book, Incident at Fort Benning, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And... So he contacted me, he says, hey, Paul, you know, I remember the whole thing. I wrote a book about it, everything else. I've been interviewed by so many different people and everything else. He says, but I can't find any other witnesses. Can you put this information out and see if there's any other witnesses? Mm -hmm. And so I did. And I got contacted by Command Sergeant Major um, Edward Norton. Mm -hmm. And Edward Norton described everything that John Vasquez described. He was at Fort Benning, Georgia, and everything else. He remembered it. Then I got contacted by a lieutenant, a former lieutenant. He remembered it. So now I got two other witnesses. And Stanton Freeman mm -hmm. got involved. Mm -hmm. And supposedly, Command Sergeant Major Norton was going to show where he buried some UFO material. Okay. Because one of the UFOs supposedly crashed at Fort Benning, Georgia. Okay, yes. He gathered some of the material, buried it, and he was going to show Stanton Freeman. And the weirdest thing happened. Command Sergeant Major, he told us that he was picked up by some MPs he was sitting in the stockade, and shortly afterward, he died. Wow. And then John Vasquez, a few days later, also died. Wow, what the... Yeah, really? Yeah, and, and so I, I was talking to Nick Pope. Nick mm -hmm. Pope is uh, familiar with the case. And I said, this is something, you know, maybe get it on the ancient aliens and find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And um, Nick Pope says, well, I'll look into it. But 
I haven't heard anything more about it. Nick Pope was actually part of the British military um, Ministry of Defense, you know, and there was a time when they let out a lot of stuff, nothing really kind of nutty, but, you know, a lot of information about how they tracked UFOs way back when. And um, and then that was it. But he was he was part of that, and then he became on his own. Now here's the funny thing: Stanton Freeman also refuses to come on the show. Well, he did. He has also passed away. So, all right, if we're keeping a, a score, it's uh, Paul Dale Roberts' wife, and also Stanton Freeman ref- refusing to come on the show. And <laughs> 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 Stanton Freeman. He got he sort of got mad at me because he expected me to somehow fly over there to yeah. the sergeant major's place yep. and dig up the stuff and already have it prepared. Yeah, yeah. I said, "Oh, I'm sorry. I just you know I'm not that rich where I can just jump on an airplane." Yeah, yeah. Goes, yeah. Why didn't he do it? Yeah, well, he was yeah he was supposed to. So, yeah. But then uh, the sergeant major died on him, hmm. and. Then, and that's what really has me curious is why, how did John Vasquez and the Sergeant Major just die? Yeah. Right when everything was getting so close. What to, they die of? Did they say what they died of? Uh, John Vasquez died of a massive heart attack. Okay. And Norton died of a heart attack also. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people die of heart attacks. You know what I mean. I mean, you, you know what I mean, right? But there's a lot of uh, there's there's stories too of you know the Philadelphia experiment, which if you give me three minutes, I'll explain to you what that's about, and it has nothing to do with the paranormal. However, the guy who one guy who really looked into it might I don't know if he wrote the book, but he wrote extensively extensively about it, and yeah, he wound up shot in his car or something. You know, very odd. Oh, Jessup. Is that uh, his name? Morris K. Jessup, yeah, the astronomer. Okay. What happened to him? Didn't he? Wasn't he found? Well, he he committed suicide. Uh, okay, but then there's all kinds of controversy that uh, uh, he was murdered because he knew too much, and some people said he was depressed, and other people said no, he was fine. So it's one of those never-ending conspiracies okay. that you can't really button up. Right. Is before we take a break, I just going to throw this to Paul real quick. Is this and and it's really what we're talking about here. If now the government is saying, okay, we know these things are out there. We don't know what they are. We're studying it. Okay, fine. But then there's this other, you know, kind of, you know, a little more radical looking uh, people looking at it where, you know, the government is killing people to keep them from speaking. You know what I mean? So what's, what's really going on? <laughs> Paul, is shaking, he's shaking his head. <laughs> you know, I, I think we're getting really close to disclosure, and the reason why is because you have all these private organizations talking about colonizing Mars and mm-hmm. everything else. So it seems like the private corporations, they're going to find the answers. They're going to find those the, the anomalies on the moon yep. and say, hey, this was man-made, you know, or alien-made. Mm-hmm. So is. NASA's just is is getting a little bit nervous, and I think they're trying to feed a little bit of information to us. They were also looking at the UFOs for the first time ever. Yeah, NASA. yeah. Right. so right. I think it, it, pretty soon we're going to know something. But but why have they been keeping it from us all this time? If now we're going to find out, what changed? Well, to them, if, if 
there was full disclosure. Society would they would they think that society would yeah, that's collapse. Yeah, uh, our religious systems would go chaotic. I'd give it a shot these days. Anything's an improvement. <laughs> Let's see what happens, yeah. you know. But and, yeah, it's 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 like something you can never answer the question. You know what I mean? People can't answer the question because it's like this would be the greatest discovery in human history if we discovered there were you know beings other than us. How dare they keep that a secret from us? You know what I mean? That's that's like keeping the secret of the wheel from the cavemen or something. That's crazy. I know it's very frustrating, and you know, and if there was full disclosure, we probably wouldn't even be on the show right now. Hmm. Yeah, when would we be talking about disco? Oh, we'd be dancing. Yes, we'd be dancing. I can't. Getting a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? Well, you did dance for eight and a half days. Why don't we take a break right now and uh, and just kind of calm down? Well, you're listening to Macaloni's Mill Tracks on Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Paul Dale Roberts is with us. Switchy, Raven, Uncle Al is here also. Juan uh, Juan, did I leave anyone out? Yourself. Myself, yes. Mac, Mac is here. King Mac. The king, the king of the universe. King of the universe. Right. He mentioned. Exactly three and a half minutes. Uh, so, uh, try to take that all in, and we will uh, take a commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. Hawk Hunter, the wingman, has finally rid the world of its worst-ever supervillain, Victor Robotov. But in Mac Maloney's latest book, War of Dragons, we learn the maniacal terrorist ghost still haunts our battered, devastated planet. In War of Dragons, book 22 in Mac's best-selling Wingman series, Hawk and his united American allies uncover Victor's bizarre plot from beyond the grave. The super-terrorist hid six nuclear bombs around the Mediterranean before he died, knowing their detonation will empty out the Great Sea and cause a worldwide catastrophe. Guarding these weapons of mass destruction, he's left behind a family of ferocious air dragons, eternal aerial sentinels that will stop at nothing to protect their late master's unthinkable secrets. Sailing aboard their gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS USA, Hawk and the United Americans must battle their way across the Mediterranean, slaying these dragons in hopes of beating Victor's allies to the nuke's secret locations before time runs out. If not, then the world will face a very nasty, very watery Armageddon. It's Game of Thrones meets Top Gun in Wingman 22, War of Dragons by Mac Maloney. On sale now on Amazon. And hey, Wingman fans, listen to Mac's show to find out how you can win an autographed copy of Wingman 22, War of Dragons. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks. I'll show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Quickly, 
Girls, the very famous one. Want to see it? Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Great show so far. This is awesome. Mm, so far. So Key, far. Keywords. Uh, no Coco tonight. He's out flying around somewhere. But he did drop a bottle of peanut butter whiskey at my door a few days ago. Peanut butter whiskey. It sounds odd, but I might want to try it. It's. It's. It, I wrote back to him and I said, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, you know, it ain't bad, oddly enough. But. Uh, but he's not here tonight. He's, you know, who knows where he is. But uh, Switchblade Steve Ward, our national correspondent, is here, Switchy. And it's great to be here. Okay. When McDonald's, um, what do they call those things? Uh, the, uh, uh, um, let's see. Steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Wow. Uh, on the bagel. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And a hash brown. Uh, yeah, I did have a – normally I don't do that. But, and how uh, about the yeah. coffee? Do you, do you drink their coffee? I didn't I actually had orange juice today. <gasps> wow, wow. What's the matter, Switchy? You okay? You know, you're know. sleeping I'm... on on that. That's one thing I will say. McDonald's brews a mean cup of coffee. Does it really? Yeah, it's probably uh, packed I like caffeine. their coffee. Yeah. I'm making up for it now. I'm drinking coffee right now. Mm. Good. You know what? Mm. I am too, as it turns out. Me too. Me too. Mm. Cold coffee, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm drinking nope. ice coffee. I'm drinking Guinness no. in a mug. Well, I'd rather have Guinness, frankly. But anyway, let's move on. So also with us uh, in the studio here is um, uh, Al Ma- <laughs> I want to say Al Martino. <laughs> He's your cousin, probably. I've been so called much. worse. Al Ronaldo, UFO mechanic in the house. Hello, <laughs> Mac. Hello, everyone. <laughs> okay. And also, I guess, Paul Dale Roberts out there in uh, California, Sacramento area. Paul Thank D., you how you doing? How are you, Paul? <laughs> hmm. And Mac, you were on Coast to Coast just recently. Yes, I was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did you hear me? Yeah. Did you did, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, but why you miss that voice? I can't miss that voice. Why? What do you mean? What are you trying to say? Uh, you got a good voice. You got a radio voice. Yeah, yeah. You got a good yeah. face for radio. Yeah, there we go. Oh, you want to go back to that? <laughs> it's true. The first fan letter Juan Juan and I ever got, someone said you both have faces for radio. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely true. Anyway. Uh yeah, I mean uh that I, I like um I like George. I like George Nori. I know a lot of people, I don't know, they're not in love with him, but you know, he seems to be a good guy. I mean, I, he took over in a tough spot for, uh, I don't know the whole soap opera. I don't know the drama, but I know there's a lot of drama there. But, you know, he seems like a good guy to me. It took a while for him to catch on, I think, with you know, the hardcore. Yes, yeah, with the hardcore, for sure. Yeah. I have a story about Coast to Coast AM. Go ahead, please. Okay. George Nor well, his producer or whatever contacted me and says, Hey, you know, thank you for submitting those pictures of this huge fire over at uh Big Spring, Texas. Okay. That my son sent me because he's from Big Spring, Texas. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those oil refineries that caught on fire. Okay, sure. So he says, uh, George Nori is gonna call you. Well, he wanted to actually talk to my son. And my son said, No, nah, I don't want to be involved because my father i mean his stepfather works over there and he could get in trouble yeah sure he says you can talk about it i go okay okay mm-hmm. so uh george nori says okay i'll contact you at a certain time blah 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 and we'll talk about it uh, okay well i dozed off mm. 
and the telephone rang and I was half asleep and I could hear George Norrie go, yes, uh, may I speak to Paul Roberts? And I go, yeah, this is Paul. Hi, George. May I speak to Paul Roberts? Uh, Hello, George. I'm right here. Uh Uh, I don't know where Paul is. Click. And that was that was my only thing with Coast to Coast to Really? Wow. <laughs> he hung up on me. It's like, oh. Well. That's funny. Yeah. Well, he didn't hear you then, right? Is that what yeah, it was? He didn't hear. Yeah, he couldn't hear me. I'll tell you, the, the, the strange thing about being on that show is Please. is that, you know, the, the times I've done it, it's been from 3 to 5 a.m. in the morning for us, okay? And so you have to... Yeah, what do you do? Do you do you go to sleep and do you wake up? You know what I mean? Or do you just stay awake and it's weird? So finally then, you know, quarter of three comes and they they call you and... Truck outside. Oh, okay. Um, and, 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 and they say sometimes you'll hear the commercial, sometimes you won't. And there's like three or four or five minutes where it's complete silence. You're convinced that they've hung up on you. You don't hear anything, and you start worrying. Should I call them back? Should I hang? It's 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 really kind of nerve wracking until you finally get on, and you know it's cool. They play rock songs in between sometimes, and and the calming down. But yeah, a lot of people listen to that show, man. I can tell you that for a fact. <laughs> so anyway, coast to coast. So anyway, um, Switchy has a report. Switchy, we're gonna put in your um. Your bridge here, as they say in the in the biz. Okay, switchies, bump, right? And now it's time for another story from the lost annals of the paranormal. It's time for Steve Ward's report from the fringe. Okay, be ready. Yes. This this comes from the the uh, an old issue of UFO Report. An article by John Keel, fall 1974. It's called Mystery of the Alien Submarines. Now, in the beginning, Keel claims that uh, from about the mid-50s to the present, in the present, in this case, it's about the mid-70s when the article was written, uh, large fleets of ships had been sent to remote areas of the world to search for and possibly even destroy phantom submarines that, there, that had been tracked on sonar, sometimes at very high speeds. And... Uh, they uh, couldn't really determine the origin. Um, they have even, in some cases, they were even surrounded in, uh, in, in places like fjords and rivers and so forth, but managed to uh, elude the military forces that were tracking them. Uh, he quoted a, uh, a naval officer in uh, Silver Springs, Maryland, uh, who he had an encounter with one of the mystery subs during World War II. And uh, this guy said, Captain Nemo lives. He said he was in the North Atlantic on anti-submarine duty uh, near Greenland on a destroyer. And they saw this, this huge sub. And, uh, uh, you know, when they first saw it, you know, is it a whale? And, of course, it wasn't. It had like a glass smooth conning tower. So they figured they couldn't relate to what it was. So they assumed it was some uh, uh, new Nazi secret weapon, some new Nazi submarine. So they unloaded on it with everything they had. It did had no effect on whatever this craft was, and it took off away from them at an astounding pace. And before long, it had disappeared over the horizon. Now, these kind of these mystery subs, these phantom subs, have been encountered all over the world, but a lot of them seem to uh, be spotted uh, above the Arctic Circle for some reason. 
in November 1973, there were 10 reported sightings in the Sonia Fjord of a large metallic something. And the warship Trondheim even made sonar contact. This is November 73. I was actually in the Sonia Fjord in September of 1973. And uh, I had no connection. So it's you? Like okay. All right. Uh, now, this fjord is 650 feet deep uh, at the opening, and it's it's bordered on high uh, by high mountain on either side. Uh, the Russians and the Norwegians were uh, in diplomatic relations at the time. Uh, there was really no strategic value. The, the, the point is that it was they thought it was unlikely that this was a Russian submarine. It just wouldn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So they thought they had this thing cornered in the Sonia Fjord. And Norway sent its entire... Navy fleet, and also uh, many NATO forces showed up there as well. And uh, <clears throat> and they dropped uh, depth charges and, and, uh, and, and for a period of time and did not hit pay dirt. The submarine apparently, or whatever it was, escaped about November the 23rd. A witness saw a great dark object moving on the surface for several minutes before it vanished. Now, very shortly afterwards, Another object was spotted on the, I think it's the Arlen's Fjord, which is, is nearby, another tributary. Mm -hmm. A warship picked it up on their instruments, uh, and, and also high in the mountains at the same time at night, there was a mysterious light phenomena, red and green flashing lights with no explanation as to their origin. Mm. About November 24th, there was a major attempt to bomb the, uh, this, this uh, submarine in this fjord and try to force the sub to the surface. And then all of a sudden, all the electronic gear on all the ships were lost. Mm. Uh, radar and sonar became inoperable, and their communications were cut. Um, now, we've talked about ghost planes before, uh, the, the wave that occurred in the 30s mm -hmm. in Sweden. Just one, one ghost plane report here, kind of an odd one, uh, that maybe connects a little bit. February 1965. Four witnesses saw, a, 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 in quotes, a ghost plane dive into the sea near Minehead on the North Devon coast. The plane was described as unusual. It just looked kind of weird, but it also had a misty appearance. But there was no fog or mist. It's almost like this thing was not solid, but it, it splashed into the water and disappeared. And also in 65, in January, an airline pilot saw a long metallic object in shallow water. This was there at, uh, at, in New Zealand and in the harbor. Mm -hmm. And uh, this thing had no superstructure. So just kind of another odd object that was unexplained. Yeah, yeah. Uh, June 1970, eight witnesses saw a disc-shaped object floating on the water off the coast of Brazil near Rio de Janeiro. Uh, the, it had a transparent dome on top. They could see two occupants inside, hmm. uh, in quotes, kind of thickish set and quite small. What's that? Uh, dressed dressed that in man? shiny coveralls. At least they were dressed nice. Yes, you know? right. Yes. <laughs> and they were seen working on the craft for about a half an hour. Then it, uh, they went inside, it traveled along the surface of the water, and then rose into the air. Hmm. Um, you know, some of these things were, were tracked. Uh, uh, oh, that, that's coming up. Uh, uh -huh. Ivan Sanderson. Uh, you know, the great British naturalist, yes. uh, friend and colleague of John Keel. And he wrote uh, a great book uh, called Invisible Resonance. A and uh, that that's where he taught. He documents all kinds of sightings 
of these things coming in and out of the water. He was in British naval intelligence in the Caribbean in World War II. Mm. He saw many unknown objects, mm -hmm. and they told him to stop reporting them because <laughs> they just didn't know what to do with They'll it. They'll take care uh, of it. You know, that's, that was the attitude back yes. then. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, one of the, one of the uh, uh, ones, in, ones that he investigated, one of his favorite ones, uh, Sanderson, that is, uh, took place in 1963 uh, in the Atlantic, uh, a few hundred miles from Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. uh, a, it was, a naval exercise was in play, and uh, when their sonar picked up a moving underwater object, they tr uh, traced it off and on for about four days. It sometimes reached speeds of 170 miles per hour and dove to thousands of feet at different times. Impossible. And, of course, they were never able to uh, uh, capture it or mm -hmm. figure out what it was. And I want to close here with uh, with something Ivan Sanderson said. It reflects a little bit what we were talking about earlier today. I have been forced to agree that officialdom knows no more about this business than the buffs or anybody else, mm -hmm. that they are just plain scared. There is nothing the official dreads more than having to admit that it doesn't know what's going on and, and and more especially having to admit that they have no answers or remedies right that's just funny that's just, that's what has changed in the past couple of years the pentagon the u.s military has taken that stance you know we don't know what they are you know we're looking into it but also uh just going along with those submarines there's also one in um shag harbor up in newfoundland and um where just a little fishing place, there is a U.S. Navy base kind of close to it, um, and this people could see the submarine through the water. You know, they could see it down there. They um, it was there for about four or five days. They surrounded it. I think they put an anti-submarine net there, and it still got away. Uh, people could see it, as you say, going really fast underwater. They just saw this thing take off, which is, you know, it's it's kind of funny. They say flying saucers, whatever UFOs. You know, they, they uh, don't obey the laws of aerodynamics when they're flying because they do all these things that airplanes can't do. Well, people see them underwater, too, and they're doing, like, the same thing. You know, you can't go fast underwater. You just can't unless you, you know, have something else going. Right, Paul? And, Mac, also, too, with Shag Harbor, there was another UFO that actually joined it to – maybe assisted, help mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. you know, some type of distress and got it out of there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I remember I remember the whole idea of um, the Norwegians finding these things in their fjords. I remember that. And at, at, at the time, they were saying, everyone thought, well, they're Russians. And they said, no, you know, why would you go through the time, the expense, you know, the training to have a submarine go in this, like, fjord that really isn't, strategically important or anything and 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 you get caught you know so what was the point of the whole thing you know um but um and they never found it there's a good chance hey, you know ufos really live under the water why not 70 percent of the planet is covered in water some of it really deep you know good place to hide when you think about it so anyway no we'd rather we'd rather spend all kinds of money going up to jupiter Let's see if there's any UFOs up there. Jupiter. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? You're yeah against... SpaceX, boom, Jupiter. <laughs> yeah, that thing blew up there it, uh, after getting launched. That's a little setback you know, for uh, blew up. Elon, right? 
Everybody clapped. It was cool. Everyone clapped. Yeah, they tried but, to. You know, we don't know anything about what's going on in the oceans. Like, you know, we really want to explore uh, galaxies. You know, far beyond. Uh, wow. Yeah. Our brains. You're not for that. You're not for the uh, outward expansion I'm, of. I'm uh, not. We really need to find find out what's going on with UFOs. Find out what's going on with the uh, living creatures in the ocean and stuff. I'm. I'm a fan of what's going on in the ocean. There's the ocean right there. You can touch it. You can feel it. You don't need Elon Musk to go into it. And you don't need to watch things blow up trying to get to it. Yeah. And let's be real. I mean, he's not trying to explore space. He wants to gouge another planet. Let's be real. (laughs) Right. I know. That's all. I mean, there's more money money to be made in exploring outer space than there is. That they think in the ocean, you know what I mean. That all they need to come yeah. upon an asteroid that's half gold, and you know everybody will be out there. Though I think, oh my gosh, and then it would be that "Don't Look Up" movie, right? Yes, which I didn't yeah. like. I liked yeah. the idea, but I didn't like the movie itself. So, uh, Paul, so let me ask you this, okay? If 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 we found an asteroid that was made of diamonds, because they do say that they're up there, okay? That you know, some of them made of gold. Some of them, you know, they just fused together. So, so let's say you get a asteroid made of diamonds, and you capture it, and you mine it, and you send the stuff back to Earth. Won't diamonds be without value? Because there'd be so many of them. The whole idea of diamonds being valuable is that they're rare. And I was reading up uh, on some lady who actually pushed the idea that diamonds were valuable and that diamonds are actually can be found almost anywhere mm-hmm. because it, it's like coal being crushed. Yeah, 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 it's the pressure. Or you can even, uh, people who get cremated, their ashes become diamonds. So really? Somehow she pushed the idea that diamonds were super valuable so if we were to find all kinds of diamonds on various asteroids, where it would be so numerous, the value would absolutely drop. To yeah, to, to, to nothing, really. Yeah. Um, it would yeah. be just like finding quartz. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Uh, De Beers is the diamond company, I think, in South Africa. Sure. And they intentionally, you know, withhold diamonds, let's say. They don't – they just let some out at a – you know, at a time, because they don't go away. That's another thing, too. Once yeah. someone buys it, they're going to have it for a lifetime, and they're going to pass it on and stuff like that. So, you know, you don't want the market flooded that way. But, um, yeah, they're very they, – they hold the, the, the strings on diamonds, you know, De Beers. Ever been down to New York on, on West 47th Street where all those jewelry stores are? It's it's insane down there. Those guys walk around there, have seen them, walk around with, like, thousands of – Dollars of jewelry on their pockets and the head, you know, and they have very little crime there, which is very odd. Maybe, that is odd. Maybe God's watching over it. So, listen, should we take a break just for the heck of it, real quick? And we'll be right back. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52? Or 53? Or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopah Test Range? Or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? 
Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks Fast Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Just before we came on, I thought someone said, put some lube on it. Is that what I mean? You definitely heard That's that. Okay. All right. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. And I'm going to guess that the uh, co-conspirator is Juan Juan. That was Juan Juan's voice. What were you talking about? You put got some, it. Put some lube on it. What were you talking about? Put some lube on it. I came in halfway through the conversation. Do we have to know the beginning? A sticky, a sticky contact. Okay. Dry, All dry right. contacts. That could be code. We don't know. Thank you, Juan Juan, <laughs> for joining us from across the puddle. What, what time is it over there right now? It is uh, almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Really? See the sacrifices that he does for us? You're drinking coffee, I right? I know. It's, okay. All the pubs are closed. Huh. <laughs> the world is quiet. Never stopped you before. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, Coco is out there flying around somewhere, but he's going to be uh, joining us in a uh, future show, near future. Um, but our uh, natural correspondent, which plays Steve Ward, is here. He's also drinking coffee. Spy versus spy background. You'd be here. That went down the wrong way. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. I thought he was possessed there for a second. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. Yeah, me too. Satan Con was I'm like, speaking yeah, yeah. through him. His head to start turning I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. All right, good. Switchy. All right. Interesting. Uh, also with us is our favorite good witch up there in Sideways John Raven. <clears throat> Raven, hanging in with Hi, us. friends. Once again. Thank you for having me. Hanging around with a bunch of drunk white guys. Why? Why do you do it? This is fun. Oh, really? Okay. I don't know what else to tell you if you don't oh. believe me. Okay. Well, we choose to believe you then. Speaking of drunk white guys here in the uh, in the uh, studio with us is Alvin Al, the UFO mechanic. Hello, Mac. Hello, everyone. And I, I've right. been told I got to police my empties now. Well, that's yeah, uh, station policy. <laughs> uh, and also with us is uh, PDR Paul Dale Roberts out there in California, UFO researcher slash disco dancer slash author. You name it. PDI and husband of uh, a model. How about this one? There you go. Huh. Yeah. Put that a little bit closer. Can you put that a little bit closer to the camera? 
Oh, come on. Really, huh? Now you're really, you're really uh, rubbing it in there. Can we look forward to the day that perhaps she would join us? Hey, if Stan Freeman said no, she's going to say no. Oh, I see. Okay. Thank you, Stan. Stan, watching us from overhead. Maybe he's looking up. We don't know. So anyway, so so, um, we're talking off here about um, just strange things that have happened to us. And I don't know, for some reason... I've been thinking a lot about this lately, and uh, we've exchanged some emails off here in the, couple, the past couple of weeks. And so we just want to go around and ask people, uh, you know, strange things that have happened to them. And I'll just, as an example, I gave earlier how, you know, just to, it's not necessarily paranormal. It's just mysterious. Uh, we got a, a wash machine, and it had to be uh, serviced, and the guy came over, and he removed this filter, which is basically a mesh, like a colander that you would strain spaghetti in or whatever. And uh, on the other side of it was a quarter. And there was just no explanation how the quarter could possibly have made it through this kind of mesh, but it did. Um, I talked about while I was in college, I had to get 300 bucks to buy a Volkswagen Bug, and, that, and it was the most money as the only money I had, and so I was like really kind of lording over it and counting it and recounting it before I had to give it to the guy to buy the Volkswagen. And just as I'm going out of my house, I drop the money. $10 goes underneath this hutch cupboard. I saw it go under. There's someone there. Uh, you know, so I'm not uh, you know, just making this up or dreaming it up or imagining it. And we looked for the $10. We pulled the hutch cupboard up. We turned it upside down. Never found the 10 bucks. Never found it. So stuff like that um, that you just can't explain. So I'm going to go to Al. Do you have anything? Ooh. Yeah, I can give you a real – I'll try to make it real quick. Okay. Um, and it's not one I've told you before. Um, senior year in high school, um, I was at a point where I could graduate, but I needed a few more credits. I had all the, the major stuff tied up like you know the math and the English and all that. So I needed a couple of quick, cheap, easy credits. And since I had never taken woodworking um, as a pre, you know, as a additive thing, I took freshman woodworking. And they couldn't make me not take it. So I said, well, I never took it as a freshman, so I'll take it now. So uh, me and a few friends made a deal with the woodworking teacher and said, we won't show up. You don't report us missing. We won't disrupt your class. Everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. So every day we, when it was time for class, we jumped in one of these guys' cars. We took off, went in a Lowell, and we, you know, got coffee. We probably got clobbered a little bit. And we did our thing. Lowell, go ahead. And then we came back and we brought him a newspaper every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, one particular day, I didn't make it to school that day because I had fallen down and broken my finger the night before. Being a little out of the under the weather. Now the show. Go ahead. So um, the other two guys were at school that day. They take off and do the normal, go do what they're going to do. So they end up driving by the University of Lowell. Yep. Which was our normal route. Um, they were stuck in traffic and they were doing a lot of construction at the university. There was a guy that picked up one of those big submarine propane tanks with a forklift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big, yeah. big ones. Yes. Uh, Picked it up and was trying to move it, and it came loose and fell off the forklift, smashed the valve off the end, 
and the propane came pouring out. So it came running down the curb. Yes. And my buddy's car just happened to stall. So he got out, opened the hood, and he was trying to short across the starter with a screwdriver. Well, the propane is... uh, Well, he didn't know. He wasn't aware of what was going on. Go ahead. And he ignited it. Damn. So he ended up dead. Whoa. The kid in the car got roasted. I mean, to he survived, but he was a mess. And um, at the time, I was working a third shift job yeah. at a factory. Yes, because I had lied and told him I was eighteen. Go ahead. So I'm driving to work with my broken finger, and I heard you know over the news that there was this big explosion in Lowell. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I should have been in the car. Wow, man. I was supposed to be there that, that day. This is like a, a woman story. You know? Mine intervention. Wow. That's and, just you know, and uh, Tom Brogdon died, and Juan Falcon was burnt horribly. Damn. And we saw the car afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Nothing and the much. interior of the car was just a mess. I mean, it was all burnt to shit. And yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And there was somebody sitting in that car when it happened. Tom was out standing under the hood when he arced it, and I think four people ended up oh, dying that day wow, in that man. vicinity from that oh my God. blast. So that's crazy. I should have been there. Hey, Raven. Yeah. Do you have yeah. one? Do you have one? Uh, I know you have your gravestone story, but well, there's that one. Uh, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to follow up Elle's story, but um, <laughs> I mean, I have a I have a plethora of you know weird. <laughs> stuff that happens on a daily basis but the one thing i think i've talked about it on here before Mm -hmm. um and and ll can back this up because i was so scared i called him over because i was about to call the police because i thought someone was in my house i was home alone mr raven was working um second shift at uh, a different job at the time so my day ended at like 2 p.m And then his started at like 3 p.m. And he wouldn't be home until like midnight. So I was just alone. And I'm just chilling, watching TV. And then all of a sudden I hear what sounds like somebody sprinting up my basement stairs Uh to like a little landing. And there's like a door to to keep, you know, that hides the basement steps that's locked. But I was so unbelievably freaked out. I like it literally sounded like somebody's like sprinted up the steps and then just stopped. Uh And so I I was like, what do I do? Like, I took my dogs out and I was like ready to like, I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I'm like, I'm going to go to, you know, Mr. Raven's work and I'm just going to sit there until he's done because Mm -hmm. like I would drive him into work anyways. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to call the police and I'm like, well, they're going to think I'm freaking insane. So I called LL, only Larry. And I like I was I was in tears of how bad this was. Stuff Mm -hmm. like this doesn't really bother me. And this was beyond. And I had him come over and I had just been sitting outside in my car for like 45 minutes by the time he came over to my house. Mm -hmm. And he went in with me like we looked at everything. There's there's nothing. Nothing was disturbed. And, you know, like this is before everyone had security cameras. So we didn't have anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know. We didn't have anything. And and that was it. I mean, there was there was zero explanation for it. Mm. And I, I still think about it this day. I still remember exactly what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah. And I I have no explanation whatsoever. Mm. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Stuff that happens in your house can really kind of freak you out, you know. So one, tell I was thinking about the movie The Others when something happens in your yeah, house yeah, and you don't yeah, know what yeah. the heck's going on. 
Well, and tell your story, though, about you and the wagon. I mean, you know, why not? Okay. Uh, I lived in a, I grew up grew up in a uh, suburban area of Cambridge. They call it suburban areas, like right off of Massachusetts Avenue. But it was nice, a lot of nice big duplexes, three-story, nice homes. And uh, normally very, fairly quiet, but uh, across the street from me, like perpendicular to our street, was a street that was a little bit of an industrial section. And down the street was Allied Van Lines. Allied Van Lines moving in storage, Cambridge, Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, it's occasionally a big truck would come up the street and, you know, and uh, you, you know that there's at least some excitement in the neighborhood. It wasn't just a boring, a boring uh, Cambridge street. So I'm there on the sidewalk chilling. Now, as a young lad, I used to sit in this uh, radio flyer wagon. It was like a red wagon, and I'd pull it. I'd pull stuff in it, or I'd just sit in it and scoot along the sidewalk with it. I could see that. How old were you? as you do. Imagine simple pleasures. But the, there was a hill near me. Sometimes I'd go down the hill in the, in the wagon and then uh, lose control of it and flip it over. How old are you, 20, 21 at this point? <laughs> uh, not about, Max. This was I'm only a few 10. years ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm about 10. Okay, go ahead. But I, I always used to listen to the radio. I always had uh, I had this AM transistor radio, and I was a big fan of the radio, and eventually got a job out of it. But you know, this radio was my thing. In the wagon, sitting, listening to the radio, chilling on the sidewalk. It's kind of a springish summer day, and I'm right in front of my house, really. I'm right in front of where I live. Uh, nice lawn, nice grounds, nice area. So I'm just sitting there you know, by myself. I had friends in the neighborhood, but I'm by myself. And I'm in front of my own house. And something made me want to get up out of my wagon and look, look at something in the lawn. Like, I don't know, maybe it was a shiny object. Maybe it was a baseball I lost some, kind, some time ago. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was something made me leave the wagon go over under the hedges and look for something. I don't even remember what the heck I was beckoned to do. Mm -hmm. There it was. I got to go and look for it. And then I heard this weird noise and I turned around. From uh, whence I came was this Allied Van Lines truck trying to make the turn from the this narrow side street where they were located to the street that I lived on. And he jumped the curb, so his back wheels of the tractor ran over my beautiful red wagon and pretty much crushed it right down to the oh. wheels. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys <laughs> are bringing it. A world it was, without uh, JJ. The, the, I felt bad for the driver because he was from way out of town. He's from Columbus, Ohio or something, okay. you know. And yeah, huh. I guess he wasn't used to making sharp right hand left hand turns, oh jump the God. curb. I would have been now I don't know if I would have seen the thing or not, but you know, with the radio on and just chilling, I might not have been paying attention yep. because I was used to trucks coming and going uh from that direction and it didn't uh it didn't really pay much attention to it. But sure. I, I had a feeling that you know how I feel like that that the universe or God or angels 
um, can somehow intervene in your life mm -hmm. when you least expect it. Yes. And I think at that moment, uh, I probably saved some injury or death, who knows, but, uh, uh, there's the, and, and the, the guy stops and, you know, and, and gives me some information and he, they did replace the company, replaced the red wagon. Did though. they really? Yeah. Huh? Oh, that's good. He, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. wondering, I'm like, company, oh, your poor red wagon. <laughs> yeah. That company is, do, is down the street and they felt responsible for it, even though they really weren't responsible well, for it. But, th these uh, days right. they, they'd sue you and say that you were, you know, hindering traffic or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. <up> paying them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were really good about it. And I was, I, I didn't really. I wasn't really that serious about the thing. Yes. Except that looking back on it, yeah. As I grew up, I went, man, that's a sliding like door. In a dangerous neighborhood. <laughs> yes. But stuff can happen no matter where you are. And then uh, I was plucked out of that dangerous situation by who knows what entity. Who knows what exactly? And I, and I, I attribute it to God and the universe. Hey, Paul, I asked you before, but do you have anything you know like that? Doesn't necessarily have to be UFOs or anything. Just something odd that has happened, and you could just not figure it out. Oh, Mac, you're talking to me right now. Yes. Okay, I do have a story. It's kind of weird. Go ahead. I we used, love it. <laughs> I used to investigate serial killer victim sites. Oh, okay. Richard Trenton Chase. I did the Zodiac and the Aretha Puente. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, we went to the Sunrise Mall and it's pretty well a dead mall now. It's not that many people go to it okay. unless it's been closed down. But at this mall at a certain area, which I knew about, was where serial killer Gerald Gallego and his wife, Charlene Williams Gallego, committed well, committed a kidnapping. Okay. They had their van there, and uh, Gerald was posing as a model uh, recruiter looking for beautiful women yes. to take pictures of. And okay. his wife would go into the mall and find a beautiful woman, mm -hmm. bring her to the van where he's at, and he would snatch her and throw her into the van, kidnap her, and then they wind up killing her. Jeez. So here I am at that site with some other investigators, and we did some EVP work. Mm -hmm. And on the third EVP, I get a voice of a man, and he's saying, grab her. Jesus. And I believe that was uh, Gerald Gallego. Mm -hmm serial killer telling his wife Charlene to grab this poor innocent girl yeah, into yeah. the van. And Man. they the story is when they took that girl, they went up to Placerville and the wife was trying to mess around with her. And then he she got her outside and hit her with a shovel and decapitated her. Oh man. Oh, oh my God. Jesus. And it was chilling to get that voice. And here's the weird thing. Mm -hmm. I used to work for Secretary of State, another government job. Okay. And I worked with this woman named Elena McEntee. And she was related to that serial killer, Gerald Gallego, through marriage. Mm -hmm. and, it, and I played the EVP for her. 
And I said, whose voice is this? And I played it for her, and she goes, that's Gerald Gallego, wow. the serial killer. That's crazy, she man. identified his voice. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and so <laughs> that kind of stuff, any kind of negative stuff that happens like that, yeah, yeah. it's blasted into the atmosphere, and it replays itself over and over again. Residual energy. Yeah, that I believe. Yep. Switchy, did we ask you already, Switchy? What's that? What has happened to you odd in your life? Well, <clears throat> I was a kid. I don't remember what, uh, how old exactly. I was riding my bicycle across uh, Woodward Avenue, which right. is a very busy street. and uh, uh, runs north out of Detroit. And I was uh, crossing the median. I had uh, in my basket, I had the latest uh, Justice League of America annual. Yes, cool. So I was looking forward to reading that. Yes, yes. And as I got across the median... I saw a car coming right at me from the right. And uh, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure I had the light. So I don't know if this guy ran the light or if he was making a left turn and didn't see me or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I immediately kind of, I turned to a higher power. It wasn't like, oh my God, or God help me. It was kind of an affirmation of protection. Mm. And the next thing I knew, I was, it was like you took a, a, a piece of, uh, videotape and edited it out i was on my back the bike was completely knocked out from under me the right handlebar was was uh pushed in so apparently i had moved my hand and uh i had no pain i i didn't it wasn't even have the breath knocked out of me okay so i got up the guy had stopped he looked terrified he asked if i was all right and i said yes and then he took off which of course he shouldn't have done but okay. he did and oh my God. uh <laughs> That was that was it. I uh, I guess the traffic stopped for me. I got across. Yep. And the only uh, thing that suffered anything was the handlebar bent in a bit. Wow. I'm so, sorry. How old were you? Uh, teenager. Um, I don't really really know exactly how. So old. so did he hit you? Just straight you or? up got hit, and the traffic stopped, and then they're like, eh, "Okay, yeah, bye." Fine. Yeah. Nobody nobody said anything. You know. <laughs> oh my god. Busy, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, you had your angel looking over you then. Yeah, something yeah. was yeah. looking out for you for sure. Well, it was oh just, uh, you know, like you I guys... say, it was, I have no memory of falling. Yeah. I have, you know, it, that, that's that's completely gone. And it was almost like, uh, forgive the expression, a time slip, you know. Hmm. And what did he yeah. just graze you? What did he hit your handlebars and he sent you flying? It must have happened, right? Well, it, 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 it hit the handlebar. The, the bike was knocked out from under me. Yeah. Huh. And then I, I fell on my back. Mm -hmm. You know, wow. uh, I, I, this reminds me of a you know, kind of an odd thing that happened to Al and I. Do you remember that time we were driving home, and suddenly, like the dog jumped up on the hood of the car? Do you remember that? <laughs> uh oh, he's looking at me like um. Don't you, we were driving dog? home from. Uh, we were at the galley one night. Okay. And we were driving home, and all of a sudden, that dog right near, right across from Bobby, the fireman's, he was suddenly on the hood of the car, and then you know, he rolled off, and we get out, and he was okay. And then he followed us. Wow, never mind. We'll cut it out. You don't even remember that? <laughs> Holy cow. I would have taken that dog home. I would have been know. like, okay, you're mine now. Well, he came. He, the funny thing, he followed the car up into you know my driveway, and he was kind of hanging around. But we've never, I'd never seen him before or since, but it was, it was almost like he knew us or something. Al would still be fuddled. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he lived in the neighborhood. I Maybe. Don't know. Who knows? Okay. So, anyway, um, wow, that's crazy. Man. But, you know, stuff like that has happened, you know. To, I was talking to Lois the other night, and um, she used to live down in Long Island. They went into New York City, you know, for something when they were in college. And 
went across a bridge, like the George Washington Bridge or something, um, <clears throat> went through a detour, and the next thing, then according to them, her, they were going back over the bridge again. Okay, so you know, and they still huh. talk about it today. But you know, I said, "Well, how did you get on that yeah, side and of it's the bridge?" Like, Wait, what? And yeah. she says, "I don't know." So anyway, you know, people have like uh, stories. Like, I think that's happened to me. I've been over that George Washington Bridge <clears throat> a lot, and it's always under under construction. Can, yeah, There's yeah, always something going oh, on yeah. at that bridge. Well, and this, I, I can see, I can see yeah, maybe being never being able to get off it. It's like Charlie and the MTA. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, go ahead, please, Paul. Oh, I'm sorry. I, uh, I'll just tell you real quick, but I almost drowned in the Sacramento River. I fell off the raft, oh, okay. and I was being sucked up by the currents. Yes, and I felt two hands on my chest pull me back to the beach. Mm. And so, with that happening, I definitely believe there's like angels something. trying to help people. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. It'd be cool. nice. Be nice if it was true. You know. Um, all right, well, we have to bring the train into the station now, Switchy. Thank you very much. And uh, just with a couple of announcements. So, uh, Mac Maloney has a new book out called War of Dragons. War of Dragons just came out, Wingman 22, on sale wow. uh, everywhere. And um, if you go on to Goodreads, goodreads.com, and uh, put in War of Dragons, Mac Maloney, um, you get a chance to win a free book, a free signed book, as it turns out. Uh, because they run a contest, people uh, put their names in, and then I think they draw a lottery, and they give away a dozen books or something like that. But anyway, go to goodreads.com, uh, type in Law of Dragons, Mac Maloney, and get in on it. Maybe get a free signed copy. Um, and uh, that's uh, War of Dragons, on sale everywhere. And what's interesting is um, they're starting to do this thing now called print on demand, Okay. So basically what it is is it's they have a lot of stores now are going to – bookstores are going to be getting like 3D printers and some of the big ones have them already. And you just go in and you ask for the book and, you know, in like two minutes later, they'll have the book printed with the cover on it, the works, you know. So they're, they're literally yeah. printing books now at bookstores. Uh, so print on demand. But that's uh, War of Dragons, print or Kindle Nook. Uh, just really go on Amazon. And, uh, oh, man, you know. I love the future. That's cool. Yeah, that is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> also, um, we have we to love the future. mention <laughs> uh, Raven Scary Movie Hour is uh, has been picked up by one of the networks. We should clap for her because... Yeah. Well done. Power Thank X. you. And um, everyone loves Raven's hey, what's scary the name of that network? movie hour. Para-X out in um, the West Coast. And um, you can hear her um, scary movie hour uh, piggybacked on uh, some of our shows. Uh, but she's going to be out there on her own. And um, I've been involved in a few of the um, uh, shows, and they're fun. They're a lot of fun. It's Raven and uh, Phil Yebs. Which everyone knows as the um, who everyone knows as the Black Eyed Kid, and then some special guests. Switch has been on at least twice. Yeah, she has great guests. And he's, yeah, right. And he's tore yeah, it we, up. We did a three in a row for yeah. Switchy. I just figured, you know what? Let's just round things out. We'll do a three in a row. Yeah. Hey, listen. I went to film school, and I, I haven't heard of half of the movies you guys talk about. So <laughs> it's really good. Uh, Raven Scary. You must have been out that day. Though. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was out, out repocking my car. 
You know what I mean? Before I get a ticket. <laughs> Raven Scary Movie Hour. Uh, you know, look out for art. And I think that's it. So we have to thank our guest, Paul Dale Roberts. Please, let's clap for him. But we're really clapping for his wife, his model wife. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Hey, you follow her on Facebook and YouTube, man. There you go. Okay. PDS. Thanks for what, joining us, Paul. What do you got coming up? Anything? Oh, yeah, good to see you, Paul. Anything cool? Anything cool coming up in the next couple months? Uh, we're going to investigate uh, this lake called Lake Clementine, oh. and there were some deaths that happened there. Okay. So we're going to do like a little investigation, find out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. All right. Well, come back and tell us about it. Okay. Yeah, for oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna play uh this segment out with um I'm gonna say the tramps, okay? When you were dancing the disco, what did you did you have a favorite band? The tramps are like I one of my favorite bands. The tramps. Bands. Yeah. You, you got it. Yeah, yeah. You're a psychic. You're a yeah. psychic. <laughs> um when when uh, Spotify first came out, no Apple iTunes first came out, the fir- both of them, the first record I bought, the first song I bought on both of them was uh, Disco Inferno. By the yeah, Tramps, man. That is the. Yeah, that's a good song. It's a great song. Yeah, it's baby. a great song. Yeah, yeah. You're right, good. <laughs> really cool. Love so, it. Anyway, so we'll play you out probably with Disco Inferno. Thank you very much, Paul, Bill Robinson. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, we are going to say, oh, well, let's start with Al. Yeah. We should get the car warmed up. But uh, um, thank you, it. Al, for joining us. I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, we appreciate it. Glad to be here. How's the bees? Did you, did you get new bees? Got new bees. Um, they actually took uh, a lot longer to get the queens out of the queen cages yes. than I'm used to seeing. So I'm questioning whether uh, I have two intact hives or I have one that's not queens right. Okay. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, they're there. They're How many did you buy? 20,000? Two packages, yeah, about 20,000. Yeah. Driving home with 20,000 20, bees in the car is a yeah. very interesting concept. Oh, little babies. Yeah. 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 Oh, my mm. God. I remember once, I was, yeah, Al lives across the street from me, and I'm, I'm talk, talking to someone on the phone about his honey and how he's like Mr. Bee, and I'm looking out, and he was running across his lawn <laughs> in his beekeeper outfit, okay, which is funny because yep. there were bees inside, right? There were, um, yeah, they were inside, and they, they say at times they uh, come boiling out Yes, if if, it, if you're not there at the right time, and this was the first time they actually boiled out into my face, oh, really, yeah. and even with the suit on, <laughs> you get a couple of thousand bees coming for your face. You're going to grow. Oh, yeah, it was interesting. But you make great honey. You have really yeah, really good. Yeah, they honey. do. They they do well, but they're uh, uh, they have no sense of humor. No, they don't. No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I thought those little hats they wear with their initials on them are kind of funny. Yeah. Anyway, thank you all for joining us. Um, let's see. Switchy, thanks for joining yes. us. We appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay, McDonald's. Huh, McDonald's. You know, am I going to go get one of those? Steak, cheese, bagel? Yeah, you try one. Yeah, have, you know, just uh, have one about every five years or so. Yeah, maybe. Really okay. <laughs> I had my first Mac, Big Mac in a while, so I'll have to wait another five. Thank you, Switchy, for joining us. Raven. I'm sorry, Raven. It's that time of the night we have to say goodbye uh, this is the worst time of the night, but you know what? Thank you so much for having me because oh. I had such a great time. Thanks for joining us. And uh, thank you. You're looking as Winona Ryder as always. A young girl. I like that. I didn't say she's that. gorgeous. Yeah. I didn't say that right. Yes. Uh, Juan Juan, thanks for joining us. JJ. 
You're welcome. And we'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure working with this team. Yes, well, of, we, uh, experts. we feel the same way. Well, I don't know. Content we, experts. We can go that far. Lovely personalities. Homes for Our Troops. Homes for Our Troops is a military organization that puts together uh, homes, that builds homes for our wounded veterans from post-9-11 action. So that'd be Afghanistan war and also the Iraqi war. And they may have come home missing and women. So uh, Homes for Our Troops builds houses that adapted to them, which means not a lot of stairs, low counter space, stuff like that, make things a little bit easier for them. And then when the house is through, they rip up the mortgage, they give them the keys. It's their house, and uh, they don't have that I, that that worry of a mortgage hanging over their head every month, and they can go out and lead, uh, I hate to say it, but more normal lives. Uh, they gave a lot for us, so um, homes for our troops. We should give a lot to them. 90 cents on your, milit- on your dollar goes to our veterans. That's very high on the charity biz, so please Google them, homes for our troops. And um, I think that's it, kids. Right? Am I leaving anything out? No. Okay. Good night, Paul. Good night, Paul. Thanks a lot for joining us. Good night, Paul. Tell your wife we said hey. Okay, back in the gang. And, uh, you know, everyone else, thank you very much for listening to us. And uh, until you hear us next time, this is Mac and Ronnie for the gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. Consider yourself warned. Now, here's Raven. My gosh, hello, my friends. Welcome back to another installment of Raven's Scary Movie Hour. I'm Raven. I'm joined by my co-host, the wonderful Phil Yebs. How's it going, Phil? It's going great. Hello, everyone. Great to be here, as always. Awesome. We do have a very special guest. We have Switchblade Steve Ward from Macmillanese Military X-Files show from Point Pleasant, West by God, Virginia. I think I got it right this time. That's right. And it's it's beyond wonderful to be here. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again, Steve. And I do also have a very special guest. Uh, we have Lonely Larry, also a, a regular appearance on Macmillanese Military X-Files show, joined by uh, Ashtray. 
super cute cat um, who's completely <laughs> taken over the camera at this point. Oh my wow. gosh. You're gonna let her do that to you? I think what I can get. You sort of got the butt into that one. Usually you have to buy him dinner first, but that's okay. What? You know, when yeah. you're a pussy magnet, this sort of thing happens. Oh my God. For anyone who doesn't know, gosh, the only Larry is also my dad. Um, so that's nice to hear that there's a pussy magnet. I know. Magnet. It's not going to get weird. No, not at all. <laughs> But anyways, uh, we are going to jump right into things. We've got a lot planned for tonight. So everyone sit back and enjoy. Um, I'm starting us out here with the movie Tusk from 2014. Uh, mm -hmm. This is written and directed by Kevin Smith, who did uh, what Clerks, Dogma. Yeah. Uh, mall Rats. Uh, mall Rats. Oh, Mall Rats is so great. Um and this is uh this is really different from his normal um style in a really good way because this movie's awesome. Um so just like quick like little uh description um an arrogant podcaster gets more than he bargained for when he travels to Canada to interview a mysterious recluse who has a rather disturbing fondness with a certain animal. Um this movie's just messed up and it's really dark, yeah. but it's honestly a must-see. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, it stars, um, oh my God, what's his name? I just, Justin Long, um, who was in Jeepers Creepers. He was in Barbarian. Yeah, he's in a lot of comedies. Yeah, yeah, he's in a lot of comedies too. But um, as far as horror movies, those are like the two that jump out. And damn, I mean. Oh, Rave, did you know that the the buddy of his was that kid from Sixth Sense. Yeah, uh, isn't that wild? Uh, Haley it? Joel Os something. Haley Joel Osment. Yeah, yeah. Um, who was screwing his girlfriend? Spoiler yeah. alert. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's a. Oh man, I, that's, that's a I, tidbit. Yeah, a little tidbit. <laughs> um, I I really it this is a really hard movie to get into without like completely blowing it up, but yeah. Um. I talked about a movie called Chop on here a while ago, and it kind of reminds me of Chop in a um, body modification sense, mm -hmm. if, if that makes sense. Um, and to anyone who's seen it, you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. Like a human centipede vibe too, right? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. So... I mean, I, I'm going to guess that Switchy and LL, neither of you have seen the movie Tusk. No. Although I've seen many other Kevin Smith films. <laughs> well, spoiler alert. Um, I doubt that either of you are going to want to ever watch it, but uh, Justin Long is essentially transformed into a walrus throughout the movie. Um, he's completely kidnapped by this uh, person that he's interviewing. Um, and they just yeah. transform him into a walrus and that's how he lives out his, his life. Oh God. It's so depressing when he, at the end, know, when he comes out of his little walrus house. Yeah. But at the <laughs> same time, I'm like, I don't know. I kind of don't think I would mind, you know, like no bills, no work, just walrus yeah. well, all day. You know, Larry, it sounds like an update of the shaggy dog, but at least that had a happy ending. <laughs> that was a, a very old Disney film <laughs> with Tommy Kirk turning into a shaggy dog oh but uh, his cat is just like 
on his head. That's um, what they do before they. It's got to be CGI. Cat. That can't be a real cat. Right? There's no way this is real. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's all CGI. Um, I do have. Oh, my producer is flagging me down. I do apologize. How's it going, formaldehyde? Formaldehyde. Yeah, we have to uh, get rid of the cat, please. Could you please don't? Don't tell <laughs> What he's doing? Oh, is, there you go. All right, the cat behaves. You heard her feelings. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, you're the cat whisperer. Um, I, I do have a fun fact about Tusk. Um, other than obviously everyone needs to watch this movie because it's great. But according to Kevin Smith, most of the budget was used to obtain the rights to use the song Tusk by Fleetwood Mac just for this movie. Terrible that's, song. That's not a terrible song. You're a terrible song. Um, but yeah, that's Tusk. Um, it is actually part of a, a trilogy. Um, only one other movie has been released so far, which is called Yoga Hosers. <laughs> And the third one has yet, I don't even know if the third one's made yet or not. Um, I don't know what it's called, but um, there is going to be another installment. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, this LL, was his first foray right into like horror, right? Kevin Smith. I'm pretty sure because I mean, like he did what, like Chasing Amy and like Jersey Girl. And those were like a little more dramatic, but everything else has been comedy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was totally a different genre for him. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I I did watch Yoga Hosers. That one I didn't really care for because it's not like scary. Yeah. So I'm not sure like if the third one is going to like make things make sense. So yeah, I guess okay. You know what I mean? Like I think we're just kind of like waiting there, but yeah. I, I don't know. Tusk is freaking phenomenal. Um yeah, May, may I interject something here? Uh, yeah. I, I used to love uh, his show Comic Book Men, which followed yeah. The Walking Dead. Yep. I mean, being a yes. comic book geek, he was uh, he had his crew there at uh, Jay and Silent Bob's comic book store in New Jersey. Yep. And they would they would talk <laughs> they would talk crap about, you know, if you were married to a superhero and, and just just riot stuff. But they would bring in uh, people would come in with their comic books. Uh, that they yeah. want to sell or whatever and i'd be yelling i had that comic book i remember <laughs> that you know so it, it was really uh, they had they had a great episode with michelle nichols on it where she wanted to find her action figure for star trek and they went all over new jersey to try to find it anyway that was a, a a very very entertaining show and i i really miss it yeah yeah like they just uh recently he did clerks three um yep. saw that yeah, Man, that movie destroyed me. Oh, I gotta see the third one. Oh my god, we can't get into it. We definitely won't get into it because you have to watch it. But you say um, it's a, a different vibe than the first two. Ooh, for okay. sure, for sure, big time. And um, I, I, man, I love. We had a heart attack. He had a heart attack, and I wonder if that influenced the way he created this. Then I. That's what Mister Raven and I thought when we were watching it. Mm -hmm. Um. And obviously, for anyone who doesn't know, Clerks is not a horror movie at all. No. It's a great oh, uh, yes. comedy. But um, they just released the third one. And if you haven't seen it, that is another uh, series that you should definitely watch. But in, um, another, another brief thing. Remember in the first one, Randall, how funny he was. And he talks about a certain kind of booth and a certain kind of mopper. And every time I think about that, <laughs> I break up and I, I just can't uh, can't catch my breath. But I, <laughs> I will not be specific about what he said <laughs> gotta watch it all right hey ll i'm gonna throw it to you do you have a scary movie to talk about well 
when we we talked about this and we, we kicked around some titles you um uh your definition of scary movie is in uh, mine is uh, uh is quite a bit different but you opened uh you opened up this can of worms and, and one of the ones that we we uh seized on was attack of the killer tomatoes <laughs> which uh, i didn't find scary at all i found it 100 percent hilarious but uh that is one of my favorite films so that's a perfect example um that we had talked about last episode of camp where it's it's just incredibly over the top and ridiculous but it is technically a horror movie um i remember watching that I don't know, as like a five-year-old, I think we watched that together as a family, just like on, you know, <laughs> movie night. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. I mean, literally tomatoes unleashed on the earth killing people. You, you, It's great stuff. You can't get anything better than that. Nothing says family like that. Exactly. Was that any, any, any connection to Attack of the 50-Foot Zucchini? <laughs> Is that a real movie? Uh, no, I, I should be one of your damn well movies. Now I should I should mention this two things about um, oh no wrong movie wrong movie um, we'll talk about that later but but you know I have for years been trying to find a uh, a puberty love ringtone for my phone but it doesn't seem to exist. That kind of seems like a you problem. I thought you were going to say I've been trying to find Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and like where I can watch it. And I mean, not sponsored or anything, but it's on Tubi. I know it's on there because I watched it. Oh, man, it's perfect. Um, so do you do you find it to be a a good movie or is it like so bad that it's good? Um, well, it's I wouldn't say it's. You know, how can something bad be good, right? That's a that's well, a like, contradiction. I, 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 it's a ridiculous movie, right? It, it's like the the pug of movies. Like it's so ugly that it's cute type of thing. Like um, it's sure. so bad it's good. Yeah, like you know, there's that scene where they're at the Pentagon or wherever they are, and where they have just discovered this problem, and all these people file into this conference room. And the conference room is barely big enough to hold the table that's inside it. And so all these people are struggling, climbing over the table to, to jam themselves into these chairs. And nobody is acting as though it's the least bit strange. It's just people going in for a meeting in this, in this, uh, in, in this ridiculously sized room. It's just the movie's full of that stuff. Yeah. It sounds like the Marx Brothers in that uh, movie where they're on the train and uh, they're in this small room and all the uh, workmen and the people with the towels and all that stuff and the food are coming in. It's hilarious. Can't remember the, which film it is, but maybe that oh was a replay on that. I know what you're talking about. And like um, things like, uh, you know, police squad and airplane always had like that type of oh, sure. yeah. just randomness where it was, you know, something that was so made zero sense. And it, and it it also wasn't embellished, you know, obviously it's a movie, so there's no laugh track, but it's like, it, it's not embellished by anything. You just kind of have to like watch it and just like kind of sit there and be like, you know, what is going on on, on this planet? Yeah. <laughs> Killing Tomatoes is even maybe, you know, one or two degrees weirder than Mars Attacks. 
I was going to bring um, up Mars Attacks which because it's another it, hilarious movie. It has that uh, vibe. And, and as as a person who detests country music, I just think it's so funny <laughs> that the, the, the thing that finally kills these creatures is that is that horrible old song. Slim Whitman, right? right? Yes, it is Slim Whitman. But you know what it was based on? I collected some of those tops cards, T-O-P-P-S, of of the uh of the Mars uh that was based on the, the Mars movie was based on Mars Attacks. And there were these really gory uh, illustrations of the Martians, uh, you know, uh, zapping people and turning them into skeletons and everything. So yeah. that was I would have loved to have the whole set, but uh, I couldn't uh, couldn't chew enough bubble gum, I guess, to get them. But uh, <laughs> I, I would I would actually love to have a reprint of those that was back in the 60s. And that's what uh, Tim Burton based that movie on. Yep. All right. That is, I was just going to ask that was. That the it's not a remake, Tim Burton's version. That's the first one that came out. Then? Right, right, yeah. Okay, based on the based on the cards. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yak, 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 yak. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Oh, oh, and and, and they, they, there's so many scenes where they they spoofed other films like uh, Earth versus the Flying Saucers. There's all kinds of things in there that they wove in for for uh, ancient. Uh, some really old people that have watched movies since the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. would recognize. And the cast was loaded up with like some A-listers, oh, right? Oh my yes. God. The cast for Mars Attacks is insane. I, what was that made? Like 92 or something? Ah, or 90 maybe? Yeah, right there. after Batman Returns. So yeah, early to mid-90s, I think. Yeah, right. like I watched that probably within like the past year the cast is remarkable. I mean, they got freaking Jack Nicholson and he plays two parts. It's oh, wild. Yes. And remember the lady that <laughs> plays the uh, the Martian that is turned into this gorgeous lady? Mm-hmm. Uh, forgive me. I can't remember her name. Oh, yeah. And I would drop it if I knew it. But I met her in another monster bash in the flesh. No, it's, no makeup. It's crazy because like you <laughs> don't really meet a lot of people. It seems like you kind of stay home and you don't go to festivals and stuff. So I can't believe you've met all these people. Well, I, I used to have a sub basement and I used to stay in there, but now I just have a basement. So I'm a little closer to the surface. <laughs> it's funny because like, like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is to me, not a horror movie, but it again, like by the, by the uh, uh, IMDB, the internet movie database it's considered a horror movie much like mars attacks or, and it or blows killer clowns it, yes killer clowns is also like technically a horror movie and you watch it and it's like this is just wonderful you know and mm-hmm. then like i mean i watch like really really awful horror movies that you know some of them that'll just make you think what am i doing with my well, free time raven it might be your upbringing <clears throat> might your parents might have something to do with that Ooh, ooh, those are fighting words here, here. <laughs> well, you know, as I was texting LL about joining us tonight, he didn't even know if he had seen three horror movies because, you know, that's typically our, our, you know, thing. And, you know, I was trying to just like name off movies and I'm like, you, you guys let, you know, me and my sister watch Poltergeist when we were little kids. You let us watch The Exorcist. I'm like, you don't remember any of these movies? <laughs> I remember watching Poltergeist, like, and actually a movie that I'm going to be talking about um, at a very young age and just not understanding a hundred percent of what was going on, but loving it because it was just so weird. And I'm like, yeah, I'm into this. Yeah, it's um, so creepy. 
Oh man, Poltergeist. And that's one we're going to talk about Poltergeist, obviously. And we're going to talk about the remake. Mm-hmm. I have, I have things to say. We're not doing it on this episode, but I have things to say, and we are going to talk about it. But before that, we are going to take a quick break. So everyone sit tight. We will be right back with more movies on Raven's Scary Movie Hour. Hang on, guys. Hawk Hunter, the wingman, has finally rid the world of its worst ever supervillain, Victor Robotov. But in Mac Maloney's latest book, War of Dragons, we learn the maniacal terrorist ghost still haunts our battered, devastated planet. In War of Dragons, book 22 in Mac's best-selling wingman series, Hawk and his united American allies uncover Victor's bizarre plot from beyond the grave. The super terrorist hid six nuclear bombs around the Mediterranean before he died, knowing their detonation will empty out the Great Sea and cause a worldwide catastrophe. Guarding these weapons of mass destruction, he's left behind a family of ferocious air dragons, eternal aerial sentinels that will stop at nothing to protect their late master's unthinkable secrets. Sailing aboard their gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS USA, Hawk and the United Americans must battle their way across the Mediterranean, slaying these dragons in hopes of beating Victor's allies to the nuke's secret locations before time runs out. If not, then the world will face a very nasty, very watery Armageddon. It's Game of Thrones meets Top Gun in Wingman 22, War of Dragons by Mac Maloney. On sale now on Amazon. And now, it's time for Raven. my gosh welcome back everyone this is raven scary movie hour where we talk about movies for an hour and they're all scary (laughs) my name is raven i'm joined by phil yebs how's it going phil hey it's going great having a great time tonight awesome thanks for being here we do have switchblade steve ward do they call it pp west virginia ever or is that like my adolescent brain um, I, I'm not going to comment on your adolescent brain. I, I'm uh, one of the few that call it West by God, Virginia. But when uh, people hear it, that's, that term has been around for a long time. So, <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Steve. And we do also have Lonely Larry joining us with Ashtray as well. Cute little cat. Um, mm-hmm. She's adorable. She's a little rescue. How's it going, LL? Well, you know, I got my cat. I got my beer. What, what more do I need except maybe for... Uh, some of that uh, stuff Mac was waving around a little while ago. <laughs> Just don't get them confused. We need that, and we need uh, more scary movie talk. Um, yes. So let's let's get back into it here. Um, I have our next scary movie, which is uh, Carrie from 1976. Um, I mean, come on, this needs no introduction. Uh, directed by mm. uh, Brian De Palma and written by Stephen King, obviously. Um, This was a movie, as I had mentioned earlier, we were talking about movies that I saw like as a child where I'm like, I don't know what's happening because I'm six. Um, This is definitely one of those that I watched at a sleepover when I was seven, I think. Um, So, you know, for anyone that hasn't seen it, uh, Carrie is a, a shy, friendless teenage girl. 
sheltered by her domineering religious mother. Um, she unleashes her telekinetic powers after being humiliated by her classmates at her senior prom. Um, the prom part is pretty brutal. Um, but yeah, I remember at the very beginning, isn't there a part where they're all just like whipping tampons at her, telling her to plug it up? Well, she, oh she has uh, she has her period when they're in the all in the sure? shower, all the girls. Oh, yeah. Okay. And she doesn't her, her mother, played by Piper Laurie, so well, she also was in Twin Peaks, uh, yes. hasn't taught her anything about the facts of life. So she's completely unprepared for it. And they all kind of rip on her. It sounds like an, an always commercial gone bad. You know, I there's actually a fun fact where they mentioned they were planning on filming an always commercial, but then all of the girls turned on her. So they just ended up turning it into a scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I actually was like believing you for like half of that time. <laughs> um, uh. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, I, I remember watching that part and as like, you know, my little seven-year-old brain who's at a slumber party, who's like, this is awesome. I'm watching a scary movie. And I was just like, wait, what's happening? Can someone explain this to me? And then, you know, obviously years later, I, I got the joke and it's not funny. But um, yeah. anyways, I, I mean, well, honestly, if you have not seen this banger, you're living under a rock because- I just remember seeing like maybe bits and pieces at the prom because that was like the big- Climax, right? But yeah, uh, but I haven't then seen the whole thing. Like, and, uh, after the prom. Oh, okay. There's a whole. All right. Oh, I need to put oh. it on the list. You got to put it on your list. Honestly, I am going to say too. They even did a remake of this. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like maybe 2018, maybe. Um. You know what? It feels like that, doesn't it? But I think. I looked it up and it's like, can you believe it? I think it's just about 10 years old already. And it feels no like it way. just came out. Yeah. Oh my That's God. That's insane. Yeah. Well, I gotta say they did a good job with the remake. It's, it's actually really, really well done. Um, so I would definitely like say, if you haven't seen the original, watch the original because the, okay. again, practical effects, they use pig's blood to dump it on her at, her senior prom. I'm no. not going to say spoiler alert because this was made in 1976. So I feel like you're a little late to the party, but um, <laughs> you just have to see this movie. And yeah, they, they, so they, you know, basically all the popular people are making fun of her and they get her to trust one of the popular boys enough who I think is John Travolta. John Travolta. Okay. Really? His, his regular girlfriend is Amy Irving. Yep, and, and they trick uh, her. They trick Carrie, who's oh, oh no, no, not her, not no. The other, the other, the other guy is that's his regular girlfriend. Uh, John Travolta's girlfriend is is Nancy Allen. Okay, the I just remember she goes with John Travolta. Right, and then all the popular kids get her up on stage because she wins like prom queen. Blah blah blah. Again, I'm not saying okay. spoiler alert. This is from '76, so come on, get with it, guys. But and you guys remember the '70s, right? it was only a couple years ago so Mm -hmm. but yeah they um this also leads into my fun fact perfectly because apparently the the pig blood um it's not real pig blood but because they had to use a (laughs) substitute it was so sticky that it required sissy spacex to have to have a special onset assistant just to help her with the scenes that they had to shoot with that because it was like you couldn't function after having that dumped on you and she got dumped like that was on her um 
And of course, as we had mentioned, you know, her telekinetic powers uh, evolve after this. And then just, mm-hmm. it's chaos. And it's so, so great. Did the yes. horrors of the prom unlock those um, gifts? Oh, did she already have them? She like, had the telekinesis. them. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was just kind of like little things here and there. And then this was that, that over the top, like, it all just yeah. went haywire because she had no idea how to control them. And plus her mom was going to be no help. Okay. Well, the, has anybody read the novel? No. Oh, I, read novel. It, I read it again at a very inappropriate age. I read it and I don't remember a lot of it. it it's very well crafted and I love the novel. And when I saw the film, I was really angry because they changed the ending all to aim toward a particular shock ending which I will leave open. And I thought mm. they should have done it the way the book was. And the book had a certain balance and, or whatever. And so I don't like the film. I mean, even though it was well done and well produced, because I thought that we got cheated with a, a Hollywood shock ending. And that yeah. that's me. Uh, call, me okay. call me switch wet blanket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> LL, you, you said you never, uh, you don't remember Carrie. Oh, I remember Carrie, sure. You, I was literally texting you yesterday, and you told me you didn't remember it. You said um, Carrie, right? You thought you meant a person he knows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw Carrie, and I, I, I liked it very much. The, the end of it scares the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, what do, what do you have next? What's your next uh, scary movie you're bringing to the table? Me? Yeah. Uh, eraser head. Awesome. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> I almost wore my eraser head t-shirt, but I was a little cold, so I had to wear a long sleeve. An early David Lynch, right? Correct. Mm. Take your word for it. <laughs> oh. David Lynch. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks uh, that we were just talking about. Elephant Man. Um, um, oh, yeah, you did do Elephant what's Man. What's that one with Nicolas Cage? Um, um, Wild at heart. Um, yeah. Blue velvet. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm done interjecting. So did Eraserhead? Does that have his signature like vibe that early on in his career? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A, a friend of mine actually had a copy of the film. He would collect certain films. He had Freaks. He had uh, a few really old classics, and he used to talk about Eraserhead all the time. And then I finally did see it one time. And I thought, I think I'll stick with Twin Peaks. Oh, man. I mean, Twin, yeah, like he, it's definitely that David Lynchian vibe. Um, Lynchian, yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Eraserhead is, what? go ahead and tell us, LL. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a, um, a funny story about Eraserhead. Sure. Although you might not think it's that funny. Uh, I first saw it in college. And then uh, subsequently, um, um, Raven's mother uh, was pregnant. She was very, very pregnant. uh, And Eraserhead was playing at a local theater. And I said, oh, I saw this movie in college. We got to go see it. so you, you you know what this movie is about? It's about this. Well, tell us. This woman. It's it's this this some post-apocalyptic hellscape uh, where this um, 
this 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 weird dude knocks up this equally weird woman uh and um she um gives birth to this uh horrible uh, horribly mutated baby um and so my um my wife was actually overdue to deliver when i took her to this show and she was absolutely speechless as we walked out of the theater and said, I can't believe you brought me to see this movie right now. Um, now she was about two weeks late and I, I take credit for her having given birth the next day um, to, uh, to Raven's older sister. Um, uh, and now another uh uh, another neat thing about this movie is that uh, every um, every Christmas Raven hosts the family at her house. So and we watch um, usually watch uh, It's a Wonderful Life and um, White, Christmas. White Christmas. Yep. Which which Mr. Raven bitches about oh, to no end. He hates it, um, and I don't get it. Danny Kaye is like, such a fox. Bing, Bing Crosby for crying out loud. It's, it's <laughs> not right. Thank you. But anyway, when the Christmas movies were done, uh, somebody put on Eraserhead. And um, my, <laughs> my grandson, who was what? What, he had been about seven at the time? Seven. seven. Wow. Um, got pretty freaked out about it. Yeah. Uh, I guess he. Uh, I guess he had nightmares that night. Oh. Did, did In case really... anyone was wondering, I'm someone. Okay, I'm someone who put it on, and I oh. scared my niece and nephew. Being polite. Excuse me, Raven. <laughs> who the hell? Who the hell puts on a racer head on Christmas Eve? Raven. I, I do. I'm sorry. I have my producer from Eldahide uh, asking me to, a question real quick. I just want to paint the uh, picture <laughs> for our listeners. As he's uh, telling us that fascinating story, his uh, he has a cat on his chest, and the cat is licking his chest. <laughs> that explains much. She literally can't keep her paws off of him. <laughs> oh, man. Um, a razor head was actually, I never watched that as a kid. I didn't actually watch that until I was in college myself, um, taking a, I don't know, some film class. All we did was watch movies. I I would go in after taking in some recreational grass, and um, it was a really good time. And we watched all sorts of movies, and that was one of them. And I'm like, I always remembered the horror stories that my uh, my mother would tell me about going to see this and being horrified that she was super, super pregnant at the time. And that mm -hmm. LL brought her to see this because like she said, people were looking at her and she's like, you know, how did you not know what yeah. this is about? Blah, blah, blah. People were probably taking bets. Like if the movie would scare the baby out of her. <laughs> they're like, they're probably like, Oh, she's like cosplaying or something. Right. <laughs> but I always remember that. And I'm like, Oh man, this movie's gonna be like really bad, right? And then I just loved it. I just loved um, every second of it. I haven't seen it. Full confession. Sorry. Oh, you've gotta watch it. It's so good. I'm pretty sure maybe Prime check it out. Um, I'm pretty sure it's on Prime. 
Um, okay. And it's, it's, you know, like we were saying, like that David Lynchian just, yeah. I, I don't even know how else to explain it. Um, a double chef's kiss. That's how I'm going to explain uh, it because it's, it's so, it's so perfect. If it's, if it's as creepy as Mulholland Drive, maybe that'll be something. You know, I haven't seen Mulholland Drive. That's my, yeah. that's my dirty laundry. Um, it's behind a paywall and I'm trying to find my way around the paywall because uh, I'm like, come on, you know, it was, what is that from like the eighties or the early nineties? Yeah. Nineties. ish. I, I, I started watching Mulholland Drive and as it went on, I got this, this bad feeling in my gut. This is David Lynch. It's not going to end well. So yeah. I started with the fast forward, fast forward, zip, zip, zip. And I got to the end and I thought, I'm glad I didn't waste any more time on this one. And then the other one, <laughs> Lost Highway. I made the mistake oh, and yeah. I knew better. I knew better. I was trying to figure it out. And I thought, oh, don't be stupid. This is David Lynch. You, you can't figure this out. So, that, that's the other thing too, especially like when you think yeah. like Twin Peaks and it's like, okay, well, I think I'm onto something and then like something else happens and you're like, yeah. What? <laughs> and which is, um, I'm actually doing a rewatch of that right now. Um, I just started season two again, and I, I probably haven't watched the show in easily ten years. So have it's like it's like Twin, it's brand new. Have you seen um, Twin Peaks: The Return? I have, but it's it's been like several minutes. Twitter when Peaks. I say several minutes, I mean a decade. <laughs> Man, episode eight. That'll yeah, love. so that's yeah. kind of what I'm working through right Quite now. Specific, yeah. Um, but I gotta, I do have to figure out a way to watch Mulholland Drive because that's definitely on my list. Um, maybe one day when I can, I can find how to get um, yeah. through the paywall. But um, yeah, Raymond, until just watch then, the first scene when they're in Canada and then don't watch anymore. Okay, I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, on this commercial break, I'm going to find my way around it. Um, so sit tight. We are going to take a quick break. I'm going to do some internet hacking and we will be right back to Raven's Scary Movie Hour. Sit tight. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. The tooth. You want the tooth. You can't handle the tooth.
my goodness welcome back everyone this is raven's scary movie hour my name is raven i am joined by phil yebs how's it going phil it's going great happy to be here love chatting it up with you guys <laughs> same we have switchblade steve ward from mac maloney's military x-files show also uh of the point pleasant west virginia mothman museum How's it going, Switchy? Going really good. Great to make an extra paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you always love that extra paycheck. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we do also have the loneliest Larry, Lonely Larry, also a regular guest of Macaloni's Military X Files show with little Miss Ashtray sitting on his lap. How's it going, LL? Going just well. Thanks for asking. Oh my God, we rhymed. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Oh man. So as as I'm sure everyone can can figure out LL is not really a, a horror movie type of a person, but that's okay. Uh I have one more movie that we're going to talk about. Um and this is actually going to kind of tie back into a movie we discussed on a previous episode. Um I'm talking about The Boy from 2016. Um this was directed by William Brent Bell, and it was written by Stacey Manier. Um, I brought this up because we had recently talked about Megan, uh, that was a very highly uh, requested movie that uh, people wanted me to talk about. Um, whereas Megan is the AI side of um, dolls. The boy is kind of the creepy Victorian era a little wooden doll. Um, think like Robert the doll, if you guys know what that is from uh, Key West, Florida. Um, but this was a horror movie that came out that I thought was going to be really bad, actually, and I ended up really, really liking it. Um, so the, the basic gist is uh, there's this nanny, and she starts um, literally nannying for a doll. It's this uh, semi-life-size doll uh, of uh, just like a little wooden thing. Um, and apparently- How do you screw that job up, right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, apparently she does because she violates some of the, the rules because there's there's rules. And she's literally in, in a house. She's like an au pair. So like she lives there. Um, mm -hmm. So she's literally in the house alone with this little wooden doll. It makes me think of, um, was it like Little Wooden Boy? Do you remember The Tick? Was that what it was? The Tick? And he had the Little Wooden Boy and he would go crazy and like delusional and have his Little Wooden Boy. Is that, no, is that only something I remember from like the late 80s? I think so. <laughs> oh my God. You guys have to look up. It's really funny. But anyways, so yeah, she's she's babysitting, not babysitting. She's like literally like has to take care of this thing. And she starts to think the nanny, the au pair starts to think that this doll could potentially be alive mm. because she starts to hear footprints and um, footsteps. And she starts to hear talking. And one, t uh, there's a scene where she's in a shower. And when she comes out, there's, I think like her towels on the floor or there's like handprints or something on the, um, the mirror. So it's like somebody was mm -hmm. in the bathroom with her, clearly. And super, super who, creepy. Who okay. hired her? Uh, who hired her? Okay, here's the thing. 
<laughs> so at the very beginning of the movie, this isn't a spoiler because it literally happens like first thing in the movie. She's hired by uh, who I can only imagine is like the um, the the manager of the estate because these are like some really bougie like rich people that have like an entire manor, you know. Oh yeah. So she's hired by her because the the boy, the quote unquote boy, his parents drown themselves at the beginning of the movie. They literally oh. fill their pockets with rocks and just walk into the ocean. Um, <laughs> LL, it was kind of like when we were in New Hampshire. And remember that guy came up to us and asked uh, if any coffee shops were open. And we said, <laughs> no, no coffee shops are open. And then he like lit up a cigarette and just like walked into the abyss. It, it reminded me of that exactly because I figured he walked into the Atlantic Ocean and just never came out. He was oh very upset because there were no coffee shops open. But I digress. That's pretty so, extreme, huh? <laughs> he was Phil. You had to be there. He was. He was like visibly upset. There would have been a certain point when the water would have doused his cigarette too. There would have. He wouldn't have cared though. He would have just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So so that's how she kind of like becomes to live here. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with. And I'm sure some of our listeners are probably familiar with this. But the uh, Danny Laplante uh, true crime case. Um, he was. And spoilers, because this is kind of going to allude to the, the movie. So if you don't want to hear this, spoiler alert, skip ahead. Danny LaPlante, this is a real story that happened, uh, was a stalker in the 70s or 80s who lived in the walls of uh, these young girls' home and would like literally lived there would like roam around like all day and night. And the girls kept thinking they were hearing things. And it, it was like a whole thing. This is very that because the boy is real. This is a full ass grown man. Okay. Living in the walls that his parents just couldn't handle anymore. And so they literally drowned themselves because he's, he's a little, he's a little touched. Might not be well. Well, yeah, the so things, <laughs> things aren't, aren't firing up here. Right. I, I know for a fact, Phil was nowhere near there. No, no, I have an alibi. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they basically use this, like, this little boy excuse as a way for him to, like, not be alone. And it's like, oh. like, the parents are like, okay, so you're just going to, like, hire some woman and then just leave her to, like, fend for herself with your sick son? Like, yeah. And stalking people like, while taking showers. Yes. Yes. It is such a cringy movie, but like, <laughs> it's like in a good way, though. You know what I mean? Um, and oh my gosh. And you know, uh, fun fact, and I just happened to um, look it up when you told me that we were going to talk about this one. The main uh, actress is Lauren Cohen from like The Walking Dead, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she's great. So that was like after she left the show for a bit and did some movies. I want to say it was either like right before like yeah. a season was filming or it was like right after because she she also did Supernatural for a little bit oh. and um she that must have been right before The Walking Dead but this was kind of like in the middle yeah. um but yeah she she's the main actress she's she's the au pair I don't remember her character's name um 
I totally forgot to look it up, but um, she, she's, oh my God, she's wonderful. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. But yeah, she's the nanny. She's the au pair. And I just like, she was literally baited by these people and just like, yeah. oh, here you go. Like, oh yeah, my, my son is in the wall somewhere, but like, shh, yes, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I mean, you've got to look up like the, the Danny LaPlante case because it will all make sense. I mean, he was literally living inside these people's walls. Gosh. Like, worst case scenario ever like I, I, I this would be bad for anyone but it's like especially as like a woman like the, what a what a violation on so many levels and the the girls that he were stalk, was stalking was like I don't know they were young like maybe 17 and 14 yeah he went on to do like a bunch of other terrible things which the movie doesn't you know get into but this reminds me of what you've talked about before like you really love that horror that can really happen just like the strangers we talked about a while back yes exactly that adds a whole layer doesn't it it does yeah because uh like the strangers is is loosely based on the keddy cabin murders and i you know i honestly don't think that this was intentionally based off of the Danny LaPlante case. Okay, you just it, drew the parallel. That's it really just cool. reminds me of it so much because yeah. as you'll see in the movie, spoiler alert, if anyone doesn't want to hear it, um, th- this guy has like an entire living space. So he's like, he's involved. He lives yeah. in the wall. He felt like, and there's like, um, oh, I'm trying to th- think of what oh i was uh twin peaks of course it comes back to this when audrey horn is going through the walls in the um uh the hotel it's like that she's got like all the little peepholes and everything so he can see everything she's doing so it's like oh you're in the bathroom okay i'm gonna come in and lurk in the bathroom what what year did that take place again the real crime the real crime Roughly? I want to say was like the eighties and okay. it's, it's pretty terrible. So like, just, just kind of be warned if you do look into it. Um, I don't think there's like crime scene photos, thankfully, but he, he does murder a family. Um, it's really bad. Um, and it, it's, it's like I said, this movie, I don't believe is based off of that in any way. It just yeah. reminds me so much yeah. of it. Just, yeah. just because of those parallels. That's so cool. Though. There was a made-for-TV movie, I think, sometime in the 70s called Crawl Space, and it was kind of that idea. I think there was an older couple living in the house, and they realized there was this young man living in the crawl space. And I, I saw a little bit of it where they finally invite him into the house, and the actor that played the role, I don't recall his name, but he uh, had played uh, things like disturbed people and serial killers before, so I don't know if he was being typecast for this movie or not. <laughs> But, uh, and I don't know who originally wrote the, the, the I think it was based on a novel, but I, okay. I wonder if that had any, uh, if it was actually the 70s, I wonder if that had any influence on this nut job to do the same thing. Honestly, I really <laughs> wouldn't put it past him. He was absolutely insane. Um, that's, and it's like stories like this come out all the time too, where there was one a few years ago that somebody released in like a TikTok reel um, where they found that there was like an entire other like apartment behind their medicine cabinet in in their apartment they found another apartment that somebody was living in there was like a bed and like food and it's like again what a violation of your privacy because like you know 
you think you know you're the only person that's there it's it blows my mind and like that's it's this is fake to an extent because honestly it's like people are so crazy this could happen any day just like that old deodorant commercial from many years ago where the guy opens up his medicine cabinet and there's a guy in the other room on the other side and hilarity ensues while they're selling deodorant it was right guard (laughs) was it (laughs) i think they did that didn't they do that with um scary stories to tell in the dark there was a medicine cabinet and there was like an octopus in it or or a spider was inside of it scary stories to tell in the dark well that was like in like the 80s and 90s i remember reading that and they just did a new adaptation on netflix or hulu i don't know which one um and i'm pretty sure there's like a medicine cabinet and like it's like one of like the old school ones you know from like back in the day medicine cabinets never go well in scary movies no because it's either you open it and something comes out at you or you close it and that something reflection isn't you. there yeah, yeah or yeah or, or someone's something. behind you exactly i guess i'll i'll, I'll fix some duct tape to mine go I, ahead I and do that and anyway. then um just check your uh-huh. walls tonight uh in the event that someone is living inside of it um now ll i know you have like a pretty renovated house is anyone living in your walls um, I'll tell you something, uh, not that I know, of, but but you mentioned medicine cabinets, and I wonder how many people remember this. Um, medicine cabinets uh, used to have a slot in the, um, in the in the in the back of the cabinet uh, for old razor blades. So the before before the razors that we have today, we had we had this this um this razor that would it had these two jaws that would open up you would turn a screw and it would open up and you would drop in a double-edged razor blade uh and um that was the first what they called safety razor the successor to the straight razor so uh disposing of these blades is obviously a potentially dangerous thing so medicine cabinet makers put a slot in the back of the cabinet so when you were done with your razor blade, you would just take it out and you would drop it in the slot and it would fall into the wall void. <laughs> oh, it's the what void. Could, <laughs> what could go wrong, right? Well, that's uh, actually great because then if you do have someone living in your wall, hopefully they step on it and then just bleed out at some point. Yes, or they can really get really well groomed. A couple of years ago, my, my office here in the house has, um, it, it, uh, it, it backs up to a bathroom. And I had a, a plumbing leak and it caused all kinds of uh, water damage to my walls. And I had to I had to cut the wall in my office open to figure out where this leak was coming from. And then I had to, had to cut more of it out to fix the damage. And when I did so, I found this big pile of rusty razor blades. <laughs> Ew. From uh, from 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 all the years that that some, that some dude was chucking his blades uh, into the wall void, okay. and come to find out, this was a very common practice. Like uh, you know, like in the um, well, probably probably until the till mid century or so. That's uh, uh, one of the best horror stories I've heard tonight. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah I, I wonder have how many people have been doing renovations. And you 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 cut a piece of drywall, you stick your hand in there to pull it out. Oh yeah. Then you're okay. going to tetanus shot city. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, yeah. On that note, um, we are going to end things here. So to everyone that's doing home renovations, please check your walls and yes. uh, see if there's a pile of razor blades sitting, you know, in between there. Safety. Uh, here at Raven Scary Movie Hour, we thrive on safety. Uh, if you have any recommendations, please feel free to send those to us. You can email them directly to the show that is at macmillany.com. You can hit the contact button. You can also send those directly on Instagram at mm underscore military underscore exiles. I'm Raven, and I'm so thankful I had these great guests tonight. And until next time, I hope you guys stay creepy. Bye bye.